go. Enough of that. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday night. It is Dirt Sheet Dudes. I am Boxman. How is everyone doing tonight? And, of course, always right across from me, sitting there riding shotty gun, is Mr. Wahlberg. Smart, my man. How are you doing tonight, sir? I am well. How are you? I... I I I I wish my TV was out tonight. I there's too much wrestling, dude. I'm not fucking beat. That's what I am. <laughs> yep. I I've been beaten a submission by wrestling. I mean, from SummerSlam to Takeover to 
Uh, all right, I didn't watch all of Raw. Y'all know I didn't, but I watched enough. Um, Raw, NXT. <laughs> it's sort of just a like an encompassing statement of like I've watched enough. It's been several decades. I just can't. <laughs> Look, I saw Karrion Cross. I saw a couple more things. We'll uh, we'll get into what we need to. Let's put it that way. Uh, I saw Cross. I saw the Dewdrop Eva thing. I saw the uh, Ms. Morrison thing. I mean, what else is there to get into? Mm-hmm. I, I, what, Charlotte Alexa Bliss? You want to get into that too? No? Nah, me neither. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be fun. Fucking seven foot eight Charlotte against four foot two Alexa Bliss. Wee hoo! <laughs> yes, but one of them has magical powers, so it, it kind of offsets the disadvantage. Ah, she does have, the, have that, uh, that, that voodoo that she do. Mm-hmm. You are correct, sir. You are correct. Uh, I guess let's go ahead and knock these plugs out, Smart. What do you say real quick? You got it. All right. Let's do that so we can get right into everything. Because like I said, we've got like five fucking shows to talk about. Um, what I'd like to do is get into the... I want to spend as little time as possible on the shows that happen over the weekend... And then we can talk a little Raw, a little NXT, and then get into um, news, and then we'll wrap up with AEW. Sound like a plan, Smart? Sounds good. All right. As little time as possible from over the weekend. (laughs) That was more of a reminder for me than you. I just want you to know that. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Well, we say that. Excuse me, that snuck up on me. We say that. And then next thing you know, it's fucking, you know, 50 minutes later and we're not even done with one show. <clears throat> so let's try not to do that. Let's do our best. Let's do our best. All right. That's all you can ask. This show's going to end at 2.47. No. That means I, <laughs> no. I can't get two hours of fucking sleep. Uh, no. No, it's not going to happen. Anyway, if you guys want to check out one of the greater shows you go out there and listen to the high marks that's right you want to be listening to g whiz mojo and the cheese man that's right you want to be mixlet.com slash metal network that's right two t's in that last mitt there mixlet.com slash metal network check them out there 8 30 p.m sunday night eastern time there you go high marks check those guys out of course you got bobby anthem and the bobby blades they are over there on the inhuman experience uh, check out the Inhumans over there, all the usual podcast platforms. And I believe I saw an old head uh, metal podcast uh, pop up did, did that on the, my feed. Hmm, very nice. I believe I did. Uh, check that out. I uh, think I saw that pop up. And like I said, all the usual podcast platforms, check them out. And of course, everything on the Wrestling Podcast, Eric, Doug, Daniel, that crazy bunch of characters over there. Go check them out on Blog Talk Radio and all those podcast platforms that you want to download from. Steve Milan sharing the show. Go show him love over on letterboxd.com slash Steve Milan. Check out his movie reviews. Um, and speaking of that, don't forget Hollywood Hangout, September 3rd, coming back. Excited. I'm excited. Smart, you excited for draft day? I know you are. Don't have to say it. Don't say it. You don't have to. You don't have to. That's right. You know. You've said it all. That's it. You know what? You guys know where to find us. Smart, go ahead. That's right. Monday's 
8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Metal Med Podcast Network. It's cheese on sports. It's cheese, man. Cheese master. Sunday is 10.30 a.m. on the Metal Med Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. The Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk and Blast. Never, ever least. Be sure to check out our friends at Planet on Rack on Tour. Splendid Rack on Tour podcast with Poppy at the Papa Day of Sincere Yuck Nasty. All episodes of season one are available for you right now. Season two is ongoing, so be sure to subscribe. All right, there. You know, keep keep rolling those R's like that. Your tongue is going to stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'd like to a frozen pole, a la Christmas story. No, that really happens. Actually, I mean, have you ever had a fucking ice cube stick to your tongue? Holy fuck! Okay. O'Shea Jackson, no. Oh Jesus, no, 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 no. Well, what I meant, not at all. What I meant. <laughs> there was blood and jerry curl juice everywhere. It was a terrible, <laughs> terrible time. No, it's not what I meant. Anyway, let's move on. Christmas Story is one of my favorite uh, movies. That was reviewed on a previous Hollywood Hangout, if you want to check that out. Oh, good God, good Lord. What just happened? Wow. That was a fucking left turn I wasn't expecting right there. Um yeah. Wow, we should just get into politics from there, right? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, sure. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> let's jump in. Let's, let's just, like I said, we got a lot. I want to spend a little time. You guys have heard all this shit about SummerSlam. You don't need to fucking hear a bunch by me um, or Smart make that. But uh, there's a few things I do want to mention. Obviously, a few, you know, title changes we can talk about. Um RK bro did uh defeat OJ uh OJ. See what you got me doing, man. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm putting this one on you. AJ Styles and Omos is who I meant to say. I I you see what I did there. I I saw the Omos, I saw the AJ. In the immortal words of New Jack, keep up the good work. <laughs> oh god, I want to cry. Oh <laughs> shit. Oh, let's just rewind and start over. Mm-hmm. Um, RK Bro, Randy Orton and uh, and Riddle defeated AJ Styles and Omos uh, to become the new Raw Tag Team Champions. That was a fucking pretty good match, as it should have been. I, again, man, Omos is a really big guy, but I don't know. I I, I like what he's doing. He's 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 not Kali big. You know what I mean? Mm. All right. You know what? He's not Kali bad. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I was going to say it looks like he could like walk up a flight of stairs without his bones just breaking off of him. <laughs> you don't hear clicking up three rows when he's walking down to the ring. It just looks like everything that the guy does is just painful. And not in like a good way where his offense is just powerful, but it just looks like poor Kali just... Looks like napping would be a physical experience. Uh, well, yeah, there's that. There is that. But uh, I don't know. I, I did enjoy that. It wasn't a very long match. It was only seven minutes long, but uh, pretty good stuff there. Um, and I'm, I, I, I've been uh, you know, a fan of RK Bro since it happened. I was hoping we were going to get at least this kind of run. I was hoping they weren't just going to boom, Randy turns on him, and we're done. Right, yeah. They, they're the right team won in that particular instance 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely think that right there. Um, we had another uh, title change, Smart, with uh, Damian Priest defeating Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Become the new United States champion. That was pretty cool right there. That was actually a long, pretty long match right there. Not very long, but, you know, decent well, match. Compared to a lot of the other matches, because there was like some that were like under five minutes, like multiple. Mm. This one actually went pretty long. And it's nice and physical. I like the part towards the end where Priest takes his mask off and Seamus acts like they were in space, like his face is going to explode. He just starts flailing around. He just can't <laughs> believe that his mask is off of him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like fucking Elephant Man or something. Mm-hmm. I am not an animal. Anyway, old movie, bad reference. I don't know if you're you probably never saw that movie, did you? I mean, I know of the Elephant Man. Okay, okay, old movie, old movie. But uh, Damien Priest, I've been, you know, I, I really like the guy. I, I I've been kind of praising him for a long time. I'm glad they, because it seemed like for a while they're just like stuck on fucking just amped up with them just having to be against Miz and Morrison. Mm-hmm. And it was just dragging and dragging and dragging. And it looked like they were going to keep going with it. But, oh, shit, sorry about that. But um, it looks like, obviously, they're, they got bigger plans for him. Don't know how big of plans they have for him. I guess we'll see what happens with this U.S. championship and what they're going to do with it. But uh, we'll, uh, I was happy, happy to see him fucking win, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I was too. And like I like you were saying, I'm kind of glad that they're going to end this seemingly endless feud with him and Miz and Morris. And we're talking about it had been going on for seven months now, and it's just whew, seven months too many. Well, it looks like it's the end of Miz and Morrison anyway. Mm-hmm. The end so, of an era, as it were. I think so, man. Been a while. The bad thing is both those guys play great off of someone else. Right. Now the Miz, I don't mind, but you know, he's always had either someone else or some eye candy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're planning on doing. Maybe Maurice is coming back. I don't know. Who knows? But um, I don't know. Maybe they'll be fine. I mean, Morrison was on his own for a while before he got released and then came back. So whatever. Whatever. Anyway, that's one thing less we have to talk about on Raw. Uh, <laughs> see how we did that? Going down the old checklist. There you go. This there. is like the jury duty episode. We just got to get everything out of the way and we can all go home. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Try not to have too much fun out there, everybody. Oh, again, man, I don't want to go match by match and I want to spend a little time on it because, again, I mean, it's fucking, you know, this happened Saturday. Right. No, I get you. Wednesday. I mean,. Are we going to say anything groundbreaking? If we do, trust me, someone will fucking pick it up. I doubt it. But we're not going to say anything groundbreaking. Um, I mean, uh, what else are we going to here? What else are we going to? Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well, this is... Oh, well, go, go ahead. This was a thing. I, but, yeah, okay, so it starts off. They We were talking about this Friday where the, the actual match was in jeopardy as to whether or not it was going to be Sasha and Bianca or not. Right. Because both had to be pulled from house shows the prior, 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 
the prior the previous weekend i tried to say prior and previous at the same time and accomplished mm-hmm. neither the previous weekend both had been pulled off of house show events so they were saying that it might not end up happening and what ended up happening was a new full well that sasha wasn't going to be available and they still full steam ahead went ahead and advertised her anyway mm-hmm. until the literal very last minute they even added showed like the picture of her on the graphic during the pay-per-view and then was like hey uh so she's not gonna be here but what we do have is Carmella, and this poor lady comes out to fucking dead silence they they weren't even booing it was like the old like the thing you never want to hear your parents say we're not mad we're just disappointed Aww. like they were they weren't even booing her they were just so deflated that they just like stood there they're just sitting on their hands just <laughs> staring forward and this poor <laughs> woman has to get some kind of response and like she's just out there flailing i felt bad for her yeah, you, you know that that I gotta say I kind of did. It was it. I'm sitting there thinking, man, they just number thirty Rey Mysterioed her. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the fucking vibe I got right there. You 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 remember what I'm talking about? Everyone was expecting Daniel Bryan to come out and uh, poor Ray or, or Batista, right? They were expecting one of the two for some reason. I don't know why they were expecting Batista. And then next thing you know, it's Ray. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Wait, Batista was in the ring, wasn't he? He might have been. I think basically there was a couple of different things. They were just hoping that it was going to be like anybody, but I think Roman that year, and it was still Roman that year. So they were. Well, there was that out. one. Yeah, oh, dude, there was a couple of years that it just, that they just said, fuck you. And one year they, they wanted someone, and it was fucking Cena. Was like, oh, come on, come on. We know, we know. But um, all right. So yeah, all that, and obviously, you know what, Mark, you can obviously tie in your little article with that i'm on it i knew you would be sir go for it all right so um, i'll read a little bit of this here this is from wrestling inc a uh sean waltman weighed in on this he said i understand the predicament there's just an old way of thinking that took over there and I understand that, but uh, it was the wrong thing to do, Waltman said. There's an old saying, if you're going to have a replacement, the replacement needs to be of equal or greater value. For instance, I was really, <clears throat> for instance, I was in a really top match on all the house shows versus Razor after I turned heel, but then they said Scott failed a drug test. I was six months old, and all of a sudden Scott suspended. They didn't announce it. Scott was, wasn't going to be at the shows, which killed, which is kind of like the situation when they announced that he wasn't going to be there. The people booed because they wanted to see him. But then the bagpipes played, and out came Roddy Piper, and the fans went nuts. And we beat the shit out of each other. Anyways, we had great matches. The people were happy. And here's the key part, though. We had a great match. You can't do that. They did that, obviously, in reference to just the match being 20 seconds long. Mm. But I just don't think think they realized how bad it was. I know there's probably no great choice, but that's not the one to make. And then he goes on just to say Bianca was is on her way to being a megastar. A lot of people are really emotionally invested in her. You can't do that to people in this day and age, Waltman pointed out. You used to be able to do it. That's why I was saying that this was the old mentality, but everyone knows what's going on. The fan base is incredibly educated, and WWE have heard them compare themselves to Marvel. Marvel, when it comes to fan service, they're amazing. This ain't it. You shit on a t- huge portion of your fan base like that. I'm a huge Becky Lynch fan, really big. I was so happy with her run and when she got bloody nose cut the promo and all that shit i'm still a big fan they did her no favors it was just unbelievable bianca she's a thoroughbred 
it's just totally unbelievable that you would go out and get beat that quickly by anybody in that fucking roster. Uh, maybe Nia Jax, he says at the end there, which, I mean, that's who gave her the bloody nose, dude. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I think he hit every point. And from his point of view, it means even more than what me or you would have said. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not so sure I agree with the old school point of view on it. Um, Just in know. the sense that back in the day, a blatant yeah. kind of squash match, on a, even a pay-per-view was somewhat more acceptable than it is now. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. But they also used to announce this shit early. When someone got suspended, they told you. Um, nowadays, I, I got to tell you, it's, I'm surprised they they were able to pull this off with internet and leaks and Meltzer and, you know, old fucking Michael Hayes leak and shit to Meltzer. Uh, well, it was weird allegedly. Their way of kind of getting through this was everybody was saying that they suspected that this match was in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And their response was just putting their fingers in their ears and just yelling, la, 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 we can't hear you. Because everybody knew what everybody was saying. Like, I don't know if you should expect this match to happen. And then they just kept full speed ahead advertising it anyway. Well, I mean, let's face it. The WWE is being run like that, as is our country. But anyway, uh, that's either here or there. Um <laughs> but I got to say, like I said, everything he said, I mean, from, you know, what he said there at the beginning, my God, just imagine your, your replacement for Razor Ramon. You're a kid here. Mm. I mean, he was a kid during all this. This was during Lightning Kid, I'm sure. Or one two three Kid, maybe. Because he was the one two three Kid after the Razor win. The replacement for Razor Ramon is another fucking legend, Roddy fucking Piper. Right. My God, man. This kid, dude, he had the best career. Sean Waltman. Mm. I mean, had a great career. Has a porno out. As as he said, he looked pretty big in it, as he said. He was proud <laughs> of it. He was pretty proud. Uh, so, hey, good for him, man. And you know what? I've always said this about fucking Waltman, man. Always goes out there, owns the dumb shit he did. Mm-hmm. Sticks to it. All right, I did it. I fucked up. I'm trying to be a better person. Always really respected that about him, but uh, like I said, man, it what they did was shitty. You're right. Twenty six second match, like you said, uh, it just why? And he's Is that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, that was his point. It was like, okay, you know, you were expecting Bianca versus Sasha. Sasha couldn't be there. Becky versus Sasha is like they're both comparable in terms of star power, name value, what have you, but. You also have to deliver when the match happens. Like everybody was super excited when Becky came out. You know, they, she hadn't been there since you know she announced that she was pregnant and all that. It's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. She comes out, everybody's super excited again, and then the match is just immediately over. So it's like there's no good match. There was no like basically you sort of sacrifice two different people because mm-hmm. you sacrifice Bianca and her reign, and then you sacrifice Carmella, but that's sort of to a lesser extent. But you sacrifice two people <laughs> in the name of getting somebody over that's already over, that people already wanted to see. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it, I, I could understand bringing her out there and having her win the match. Mm-hmm. 
but you know that's after you know 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever you have a nice long match or whatever and then you know the story that you tell is very simple that just bianca wasn't prepared for this becky knew it was coming so she kind of had the drop on her she had the edge she won the match yeah and i see a lot of people like well technically becky never really lost the belt so and i'm like well first of all it was the raw fucking belt that Mm -hmm. she never lost and bianca had nothing to do with that it was oscar so I'm not sure what's going on, why they, I mean, I, I guess I can see why, but the one thing that I definitely agree with um, Waltman here is that people were really emotionally invested in her. We saw that the night after she won, she was cutting these PSA promos, which that's not her fault. Mm-hmm. Not her fault. She's reading what fucking creative gives her. So that's not her fault that she was doing that. I'm glad they pulled her away from him for a while, but I mean, I guess when you think about all of Sasha's mini runs with the title, maybe she should be lucky she held it as long as she did. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, the thing about the PSA promos, though, is like we talked about this before, how basically there's eight women on the roster who have the same gimmick Mm. of just that they're overly confident and they all think they're the best. Like that's Sasha's gimmick, that's Charlotte's gimmick, that's Bianca's gimmick. But you almost needed those like public service announcement promos or the, all the video footage that they showed of like her dad watching and crying. And then, you know, her parents at home just being overly emotional when she won and like to sort of make her a little bit more relatable. So, I mean, to to some degree, you actually kind of needed that because that was one of the only things that kind of made her character different from the other, like I said, like eight women on that roster who just go out there and say that they're the best because they're the best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. I mean, I I see where you're going there. But you're and you're right, though. It is. I mean, they're all supposed to be the best. That's why they're in WWE, right? Sure. Of course. But But they're putting smiles on people's faces. Absolutely. But I mean, obviously, the PSA promos were for that exact reason to get you emotionally attached to her character. And I'm sure it worked for a lot of people. Obviously, it did because, man, that fucking everyone lost their mind when this happened. Mm -hmm. Lost their goddamn minds. I was I didn't watch this until Sunday. But holy shit, man, they lost their goddamn minds with this shit. It was crazy watching the fucking internet. Oh, that's it. Bianca's gone, dead. She should leave. AEW, go, leave, quit. Jesus Christ. I mean, that that is also another thing, is that there's a lot of people, when it comes to women's wrestling, they get a little bit too involved Mm. and become a little too defensive of their favorite. And unfortunately, it usually ends up being that it's the guys that do that. Usually the female wrestling fans that are fans of a particular female wrestler are not nearly as defensive or irrational as the male fans are. I'll kill you if you make fun of her again. Like that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I do. I do. What's up, Cheese Man? Yeah, nice to see Cheese in the building. There you go. We got... Uh... All right, so the, I mean... I. I don't know, man. Like I said, I think he hit every every mark, you know, no pun intended. Every every mark that uh that needed to be said in that little uh in those few paragraphs. Mm-hmm. So I mean well, uh, Charlotte Flair wins. LOL. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. It, it, there's really not that much more to talk about. It, it was a good match, but it was just like, and we all saw this coming. I, I even said on the show and in the chat room, I guaranteed she was going to win. But like the whole story is based on how Nikki comes close to winning, how she can almost win, how she's like trying to fight and prove that she belongs there with everybody else. And then she just loses. So she didn't belong with everybody else after all. So it's just like, well, that's great storytelling. You just well, wasted a month of time. She almost did. Mm-hmm. She almost belonged, which is fine. That's fine. But I mean, like I said, Charlotte wins, LOL, whatever. But this next fucking match, I guess these guys just said, fuck it, we got nothing to lose. Edge and Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. These guys killed it, dude. Yes, it was easily, by far, by a long shot, the best match on the show. I was so glad. First of all, I was glad they gave it time. I, I mm-hmm. was. Now, I know the last time they gave Edge time was with Randy Orton, and it was awful. That one WrestleMania match, we all know. Let's just breeze past it like it didn't happen. This shit here, first of all, we got Brood Edge. I love mm-hmm. the fucking entrance. Now, they couldn't do Pyro, Mark. Yes, couldn't do pyro. Um, they could have a ton of people in the arena. I, I no math didn't matter, but no, no boom boom, please. <laughs> See, I would have loved that as a kid because as a kid I was actually very scared of fireworks. So really? up until I tur- up until I turned about eleven or twelve, I was scared of fireworks. So I would go to live shows. I'd go to raw. Go to pay per views. And I would kind of get a good idea of who was going to come out next. And if they had Pyro in their entrance outside of just like the sparklers, because there was like Ultimate Warrior had sparklers. That was about like there was no loud explosion noises. But like when I, if I knew Kane was coming, my ass was in that bathroom. You better believe it. Fucking fingers and ears stuck down. Oh, poor little Smarky. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I say 11, but this was when I was 24. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I hope you're not having a, any flashbacks right now. But my God, man, this match was fucking awesome. I loved seeing, like I said, that entrance for Edge. I loved seeing it. It still looked cool. It really did. It still looked great. We, I, I, I loved getting Brood Edge back. I would love to see this character come back every goddamn week, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, but... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just can't say enough good shit about this match. But I, like I said, I was glad they gave it the time they did. Um, you know, I, I really never never put it past Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has been great for a while. He does go out there and have good matches. He's hurt a couple of guys. Sting, Finn Balor. But shit happens, I guess. Um, you know, shit happens. Even though it happened on the same move, shit still happens. And he still had a fucking great match with Edge. So there you go. What else you got on this match? Smart, I hear you over there. Type, type, typing away. Oh, no. Um, they, like, <laughs> I just agree with that. I would recommend that if you're going to look at one match from that show, that's the match to do it. And I also thought it was kind of cool that 
on SummerSlam and even on TakeOver, there was another instance where this happened of people using the moves of their significant others. Because mm-hmm. at one point, Edge ended up hitting the Glam Slam on, yep. well, I guess, I don't know what the actual technical term for the move is called, mm-hmm. but that's a version of it um, on Rollins. So that was pretty cool. They kind of pointed that out a little bit on commentary, too. So that was nice. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely pretty cool. I mean, Seth Rollins is using the pedigree. Mm. <laughs> well played, well played. <laughs> I was, oh, I'm like, come on, please, please. That was, that was a ground ball, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I I think we all knew Bobby Lashley was uh, gonna defeat Goldberg. Uh, quick seven minute match. I mean, Jesus Christ, Goldberg. I I, I don't care what he's getting paid. He comes out every couple of you know years, <laughs> just you know, couple of bats, and 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 that's it. You're next, and then you know goes out, has a seven minute match, loses, and uh, goes home. More than anything, outside of anything that actually happened, other than Goldberg throwing Lashley at the top rope and almost dropping him directly on his head, mm-hmm. what was particularly surprising was just that pretty much nobody was behind Goldberg. <laughs> like, Lashley was the biggest. Like, outside of, like, the return of Becky, I think, was, like, the biggest face. It was just everybody was cheering for him. Like, Goldberg goes for the spear. MVP grabs his foot. The crowd goes nuts, cheering and applauding. <laughs> and Bobby Lashley wins the match after the fact. He starts beating up Goldberg more. Goldberg's son ends up jumping on Lashley. Lashley ends up choking him out. And as Lashley is choking out this sophomore in high school, the fans are just fucking uproariously cheering, laughing, applauding. It was like the biggest pop. I, I, I know. I mean, this guy literally has a 15-year-old in a fucking, you know, in, in this fucking full Nelson. And mm. the crowd is still cheering. For, I'm like, holy. Like, after a while, if I was Goldberg, I feel like I would just get the message. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe it's time. Maybe I've made enough money. Like, people are cheering my son being beaten up. He's not even an adult yet. People are like fucking rooting for my kid being punched in the face by this grown man. That's how tired they are of me. These sadistic fucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, man, a little sadistic of that crowd, but which everyone's cheering. I'm like laughing at them cheering this kid being beaten up. But then I'm also (laughs) very like sad and mournful because I now know that this means that there's going to be another Goldberg Ashley match. Ah, maybe. I don't know, man. He seems to just move from person to person to person, and I think they're trying to move him on eventually to that Roman match, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it seems like after he, like, beat up your child, like, he must have to have some sort of a rematch, probably at the Saudi show, which I hope so, because I won't be watching that anyway, so I won't have to deal with it, but... Well, WWE did some quick... uh... Damage control. They were like, oh, Lashley didn't know who it was. He was attacked from behind. Calm down, people. Well, that was MVP. He was like, oh, yeah, MVP. could have been anybody. And he's like shuffling out. He's like, we had no idea it was your son. Don't sue us. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that was good. But, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. We'll see what they do with Goldberg down the road. I think he's got another, another match on the, uh, on the on, on paper, if you know well, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, he'll still keep showing up. Yeah, yeah, he will. Let me see something here. Ah, shit. Close to 50 minutes. Anyway, this is the longest of the cards anyway. We're on the last match anyway. Uh, Roman Reigns 
Uh, mm -hmm. He defeats John Cena, but this was another. Man, this was a good match. But again, I really feel that what they did Friday night when they said the whole, oh, if, Re if Reigns loses, he's leaving WWE, they just telegraphed that match so big time. They never should have done that. It, should have, it was too much. Yeah, I mean, like you were exactly right. I was thinking that there was maybe going to be some kind of weird loophole that happened, but nope, they just straight up told you what was going to happen on the Friday before the show, and then it happened. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, like I, it was, it was just a little too much. It, 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 it wasn't needed. It was unnecessary, is what it was. I think I might have said that Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, it was definitely unnecessary. So, um, but. Let's face it, match was great. There was nothing wrong with the match, but the most talked about thing after the match, Brock comes out. Mm -hmm. And he didn't change a thing about himself from that picture we saw. It was the weird ponytail with the beard and looking, my God, and when they showed him from the back, his arms looked like they were down past his knees. <laughs> yep. This guy is just a freak of fucking nature. He comes out. He gives a little stare to to uh, Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman is just like cowering in the corner. My God. Paul Heyman is just. I mean, doesn't say a word. He's just in the he's in the corner selling better than most of the guys in the match. Just a look of sheer panic and terror in his eyes. He's still got oh, like the lay on to absolutely great shit right there from those from 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 that whole little fucking little thing. And then, um, you know, he went in and you know, obviously WWE put out the footage of what the hell? My dog just went under my feet. Uh, WWE put out the footage of uh, Brock Lesnar after I guess after they went off the air for SummerSlam, just. Mm you know, suplexing the shit out of John Cena and the crowd went nuts for it, man. Once again, a bunch of sadistic sons of bitches over there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which, I mean, I'll give Cena a lot of credit, though, to, like, to be a big star in the company and to also be somewhat of a star in Hollywood now at uh -huh. this point. Because, I mean, he's getting work. He's doing well for himself. And to still be willing to, like, you know, whatever. You could say that it's after the show, so it doesn't mean as much. But to still being willing to just have Brack Lesnar just straight up kick his ass for, like, a solid five minutes. Like, it, it says a lot about him as just a good being a good person, I think. Yeah, he didn't care. He's going to go home, rest, and go film another movie, I'm sure. Like I said, I mean, we definitely have. I know he's got a few dates, but I think they may be um, just quick shows i'm not sure if they're anything i know we said he had a few dates after summer so i just forgot what they were mm -hmm. so i don't know man go ahead slightly interesting note real quick so we talked about becky came back this is the long-awaited return of becky lynch is that in the third they have they made a whole bunch of different you know merchandise as one would to commemorate this moment well the stadium that they're running in that was the uh las vegas raiders stadium they don't accept cash. They're, it's card only. Well, the internet was down, so people could not buy anything yeah. for like about an hour or so, Brian Alvarez was saying. Mm -hmm. It was also kind of interesting because some reports came out later after the fact that they were just giving people like free 
concession items, food, not merchandise, but like, you know, you get a hot dog or some popcorn or whatever, because people couldn't buy anything. Right. Now, were the hot dogs cooked? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I think I think they were cooked. I think you, you did okay. have to, however, shake hands with the person before you could get one. Ah, I mean that's better. <laughs> that's better than it what was that an extreme rising show Shaheen you tell the story about. <laughs> yes, the uncooked hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they just brought it and just take your hot dog and fuck off. Here's your here, here's your rolled bologna. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Now, you know it was one of those fucking bar Z joints where it's like a dollar for an eight-pack of hot dogs. And you know that just like whatever animal that that is inside of that, you don't want to eat it. My kids like those. Yeah, they're great for kids. Like Mm. when you're an adult and you kind of understand what's going on. Well, and then I bought Hebrew National ones, and now they won't eat anything else. Ah. I spoiled them. I spoil my kids. What do you want me to do? Costco has the Hebrew National, though. And they're, they're like 11 bucks for three packs of 10. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the alternative is having to also eat the bars eat hot dogs, <laughs> just go ahead and spoil those kids away. <laughs> and the, they don't need them much anyway, so it's it's it, it's no big deal. But uh, SummerSlam was a good show, man. And I, you know, barring a few little weirdness that they did and you know obviously those things with Bianca um but Brock coming back was really cool shit did they ever get to that fucking DJ that nobody knew who the, he was because like I watched the show and unless I was just at the bathroom when he came out I never saw him I didn't either what I, did you watch the pre-show was he on the pre-show he had to have been because I watched the whole pay-per-view and he wasn't on the pay-per-view so I don't know huh all right I guess we'll find out Guess we'll find out. Christopher Kane showing up. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, maybe I'll have to check that out now and see because I know he, they didn't say pre-show, but I'm still amazed they had the Big E match on the pre on the pre-show. But right, hey, who am I? Just some weird guy, right? Yeah. So all, all in all, not a great show. Like they had good wrestlers and they had matches that could have been good but for the most part like a lot of the matches were like between five to seven minutes for whatever ungodly known reason and then there's just a whole lot of extra like fluff at one point they ask damian priest how he feels about winning the intercontinental championship he's like it makes me happy and then they go to another segment i'm like okay was this necessary like you could have done this shit on raw <laughs> yeah I, those fucking like joe rogan attack after the match promos Mm-hmm. That, yeah, fucking know. Xavier Woods shooting a squirt gun at Miz and Morrison. They did bring out, though, we talked about him on the show like a week or two ago before, uh, Gable Stevenson, mm-hmm. which I will, if you, you, you'd automatically default to Pat McAfee, I'm going to have to automatically default to Stevenson. Stevenson just does not make sense as a name to me. <laughs> All right, there you go. Because I, I got, well, like I said, we read the article, I read the article, and I called him Stevenson, like, numerous times, and then they said Gabe Steve, Stevenson, and I'm like, what the fuck, like, really? Huh. I added the N, apparently, the entire time. I didn't correct you. Mm-hmm. So, I must have been reading it the same way. Um, Alright, let's breeze through, luckily, I mean, that, that was an 11-match show we just fucking talked about. So, I think we kept it, we kept it under 50. That's right. Not Not much, but under. So let's get into TakeOver a little bit. I got to tell you, I turned on TakeOver. Man, there was just a lot of shit going on that day. 
<laughs> it was just a lot of shit going on. Because I turned it on actually um, Monday. And there was just a lot of shit going on in my house. My kids had homework and they didn't get home till late and all kinds of shit was going on. So I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I might have missed a few things on this show. I apologize if I did. So I guess let's just roll with that. Um, didn't see the pre-show, but I, I I do know that Rich Holland is back. It was versus uh, Trey Baxter. Um, Rich Holland won. Mm-hmm. Minute 45 seconds. What what I thought was going to happen did happen. What most people thought was going to happen did happen. There you have it. Okay. There you go. So on with that. Uh, we get Cameron Grimes. He did uh, finally defeat L.A. Knight. This match was obviously for the Million Dollar Championship. Uh, had Grimes lost, he obviously would have been a butler. You knew that wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to fucking happen. You knew Cameron Grimes had to get his comeuppance in this match. And he did. Mm-hmm. There's a little spot towards the end there where he locked in the million dollar dream and like Knight tried to counter it in every way. And then Grimes just kept finding new and unique ways to hold on to the move. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And yeah, then you had was. like the end where basically you just had Ted kind of win the match for him, but it still works. Works good. It's still. DiBiase always a heel no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. No matter what, and also, we, I feel like the referee was kind of out of position because I feel like the referee saw him if I could hit him, mm-hmm. saw DBS he hit uh, Knight at the end, and it was still just like, "Hey, what are you gonna do?" <laughs> Turn his head. <laughs> like I don't like the guy either. Fuck it. Go ahead. And put him. <laughs> this guy sucks. We know it. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, great match. No fun match. Yes, and I thought they actually, and I'm I'm not a big fan of LA Knight, but I actually thought they told a good little story in the ring. And you're right, you know, with you know DiBiase at the end there, but who cares? Who cares? It, it, it didn't didn't ruin the match. Um, so, but that did you know tie into NXT a little later, where I thought it was hilarious when I saw this part where Grimes tried to give him the belt back, mm-hmm. you know, and DiBiase gives, gives like, no, 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 you keep it, you keep it. A, r- a little reminder of everything, and he feels it's lighter. DiBiase fucking bait Looks and switch the, the belt. It's a replica. <laughs> it's a replica from WWE. Fucking love it, man. That that was the best which, way. The best way to end that was that was it right there. That was the best way. Which was great because the, this indicates like a level of foresight that at some point he had the plan that this was how he was going to get his belt back. So he had a belt, a replica belt ready just in case. I did. I really like this, though, because this is like it's very unlike them. WWE just in general that there was a clear beginning and a clear end to the story like the, the continuity stayed it told the story it like went through it started it ended it was all coherent it all made sense you know you had Grimes he, he made a bunch of money off Bitcoin started acting like an asshole a la the episode of South Park where everything that they did the Simpsons already did people kept telling Grimes that Ted DiBiase already did it <laughs> so he starts cursing out Ted DiBiase for a couple of weeks he finally ends up interacting with Ted DiBiase turns out that they're 
both birds of a feather. They become friends. He ends up winning, you know, getting them in his corner. And then he ends up winning the million dollar championship. And then, but along the way, Ted DiBiase basically imparts on him that he needs to be his own man and live his own legacy. So I give him the belt back. And then Ted's gone. So it's right. like, I actually applaud them for actually sticking with a story and telling the entire thing the entire way through and not letting it go on too long. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They really did. They, they told the story perfectly. And wow, you're right. They really did. But again, this is not WWE. We are NXT. And it was told great, though, either way. You're right. It was. It, it had a beginning. It had a middle. It had an end. It had a. It, it, it had 50-50 booking like they love, but it was the right way to do it the whole way. Well, yeah, we actually wanted to see him, or at least I did, win that match. Now, you know, if he would have just had him win that ladder match and then that was it, that that would have still been rewarding. But it was actually a journey and it actually kind of made you invested and actually did a good job of turning him from heel to face. So now whatever it is that he's going to do next, the crowd's behind him. Yeah, I mean, you know, both of us said when that happened that, you know, we, we didn't like the way the match came out, but we understand that the feud's going to continue. And, you know, we knew it was leading to Grimes getting his comeuppance one, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And he does. And he does. Uh, let's see. So after that, we got uh, Raquel Gonzalez defeating Dakota Kai. That was for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, mm-hmm. Two things stand out to me real quick. First off, that counter that Gonzalez did, because like Kai mm. went to kick her with a scorpion kick where she like throws her leg back, she catches it, and then power bombs her. That was some cool shit. A, and B, being the kind of scumbag that I am, I have to point out the fact that that top was incredibly loose. A little. Yes, she, a la Ronda Rousey, had to keep adjusting her gear numerous times during the match, and it was actually kind of distracting after a point. <laughs> yeah, it was Rousey-ish. I did notice that. I did. I did. But um, I thought this was another good match, and this was another match, though, I I thought was well-timed. Mm-hmm. Not too long, not too short, saying it was 12 minutes here. It's, I, I thought it was 10 minutes, but either way, I thought it was good. Um, glad they didn't take that belt off of Raquel Gonzalez. There's no reason for it. No reason at all. She's such a dominant champion. There's, I'm not sure right now who can take that belt off of her. They're just not building anyone to that right now. Yeah, that's a little bit of a problem. But I think for everything else that you said, I agree with you. I thought it was a really good match. Both of them are really solid. I think Dakota Kai is really good, and I think Gonzalez is done her job quite well for somebody who had no like formal independent wrestling experience. As far as I can tell, she's really done a good job of like growing quickly. It's amazing how Dakota Kai was just coming out there all smiles for a while, you know, a couple years ago. And then suddenly there's this huge heel turn by her. And like ever since then, she's just been on fire. Mm-hmm. She's been doing a really good job. Yeah. You know, she's just been on fire ever since then. I think it's been a couple of years now, at least, maybe even two and a half years. Who knows? But uh, really, really awesome stuff by those two. So, only real negative, or not necessarily negative, but only kind of gripe, and it's nitpicky at best. But just after the match, they had Kaylee Ray come out and they gave the fan base, and by fan base, I mean me, too much credit 
because <laughs> she came out and I was like, who the hell is that? Because immediately they're like, oh my God, I can't believe she's out here. I was like, who? Who is out here? Like, you can't count on people to watch NXT UK. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there she is. But I mean, she was in that tournament, the May Young Classic. Ah, that one right there. There you go. There you go. Uh, speaking of classic, Smark, uh, this next match should go down as one. Ilion Dragunov against Walter. The singles match for the uh, NXT UK Championship. God damn, that was a good match, dude. This should go down as a fucking classic right here. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely man. And just everything about... Dude, Dragunov, I mean, I, the first time I saw him, I was impressed. The second mm-hmm. time I saw him, equally impressed. Uh, third time I've seen him right now, equally impressed. This guy has it. One hundred percent, and you know it's funny. There's a Walter, obviously, is great too. You know, going out there, but it's funny. There's an article. Um, if you want to talk about, well, no fucking shit articles. Wrestling Inc. has this article, and I, I, the headline alone just made me chuckle today. WWE reportedly pushing for Walter to join NXT roster. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no shit. You guys want that motherfucker here. I don't blame you. The guy is money. He's a draw. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Because he, I mean, he, like, they kept putting over in commentary. And I mean, it's not that it's really an uncommon thing at this point, but it's still impressive. Pushing 300 pounds and just can very easily drop kicks and moonsaults and shit like that just moves very well for somebody of his size. And mm-hmm. also is just able to deliver a fucking beating. Unlike anybody outside of maybe outside of Brock Lesnar can fucking dish on somebody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now dragging off will be on, I think uh, next week's NXT, right? I believe so. By the by real quick, did you see like, Ooh, just almost from the very onset, those fucking blood blisters. My goodness. Mm. Just his Dragunov's entire chest, for the most part, was just completely red. It looked like his blood vessels were about to pop. Like, it was crazy. He had, and he had ended up getting, uh, from one of the previous NXT shows, he ended up having to get stitches. And just, like, right. less than five minutes in, he just rips the Band-Aid off and just chucks it. He's like, well, if it happens, it happens. The shit gets busted up, it gets busted open. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And, and Christopher Kane, like he just said, Walter's type of champion I prefer. Same here, man. Just a fucking brute of a fucking guy. And, I mean, those chops are what he is known for, tearing people's chest up. Let's face it, the match that kind of, I don't want to say put him on the map, but the match that got him a lot of, you know, attention was the one against PCO where he, I mean, PCO's chest looked like it was going to fucking start bleeding. All, and it was bleeding, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, it was. He beat the ever-loving shit out of him because I was on the, uh, I believe, the Joy Janela Spring Break yep. show, one of them. I forget uh-huh. which number. But I, yeah, I did see that, that one. Too. I, th- I think it was number. the second one, I think. 
I can look that up while we're talking about it. But yeah, that worked out well for both people because that was sort of the beginning of the resurgence from PCO of like everybody after that show, not only were they talking about how much of a monster Walter was, so it worked out great for him, but after the fact, they were also talking about just how crazy PCO is and how much he's willing to put his body on the line. And it began his sort of career resurgence, him going to Ring of Honor, winning their championship and just sort of being more over now than he had ever been in the past because of that match in large part. And he's still putting out videos every Monday night. Mm-hmm. Still on Ring of Honor, still doing his thing. Still doing his thing. So every Monday night, though, him and uh, Destro putting out videos of PCO doing crazy stuff. But those videos are awesome. Can't help but watch them. I just can't help but watch them. He posts them over in the wrestling umbrella. If you guys want to check them out. By the way, you are correct. It is Spring Break 2. Look at that. Not even the indie guy. I thought it was. I thought it was. I actually watched that and match. I- did you? Yeah. I did. This is quite the, uh, I, I, I hate to go down this road, but this is actually in hindsight quite the interesting card in retrospect. Mm. Some of these names did not age so well. Uh, Teddy Hart was in the opener. That was um, one. Matt Riddle defeated James Ellsworth. Ooh. That's a whole thing. David Starr defeated Mike Quackenbush. That's a whole oh. thing. Some of these, some of these names did not kind of hold up well over the years, but it was a, uh, it was a really good show at the time. Wow, and it still is. The match quality is great. But. Joey Janela speaking, speaking out movement too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Yeah, I did. Okay. By the way, I think that was in like 2017 or so. I want to say so. Yeah. It's like it was still quite a while before shit hit the fan for a lot of these people. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, which just kind of creeps me out because you're like, wow, what's going on with that show, too? I don't know. I don't know. Let's just move on. Um, we had the Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, the uh, two out of three falls match. The first fall was to be a traditional wrestling match. The second fall was a street fight. And the last match was a steel cage match. I enjoyed this. I really did. I'm not I'm not going to say Adam Cole is horrible. He's not he's not overrated. I believe he's a little overhyped. I'm not the biggest Adam Cole fan. I got to be honest with you. I believe he's just another plug and play guy. Kyle O'Reilly is kind of the same thing to me. So, I'm going to go ahead and admit I wasn't very invested in this match because I just not a big fan of either one of these guys. Kyler Riley just comes off as some dork, really, really, really trying to be cool with the other kids in 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 class. And okay, okay well, we'll get to that first, then, real quick, because okay. I don't know if we'll talk about this while we're talking about NXT. But you want to talk about an opportunity to make a star? <laughs> NXT, they had fucking. It was Kyle O'Reilly and Duke Hudson in the back. Mm. And you had Duke Hudson comes up to Kyle O'Reilly and he just starts talking to him and he's blabbing on about how, how he's trying to swindle a title match. Kyle O'Reilly slaps him in the face. Duke Hudson grabs him by the head, slams his head against the locker like eight times and says, don't do that again. And like if they would have just left that as it is, I would have probably become like the biggest Duke Hudson fan in the world. Because it's the idea of he just like fucking thrashed the guy. He's like, don't try that again, boy. I will beat that ass <laughs> one more time if I have to. But then, of course, they had to have a little pull-apart brawl after the fact. But if you would have just left it like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> just stomping his ass out, that would have been phenomenal. Yeah. And, and 
You're right. It would have been. But I, I got to tell you, man, putting this match on after that Dragon Off Walter match, dude, I was fucking tired. I do kind of agree with that. I kind of think <laughs> that you should have put something because it was just like I, I thought about that more so during the main event of just like the, you put on the three heavy hitters like back to back to back. Mm. I feel like you probably like somewhere between that, either like you said, between the Walter match or between the O'Reilly match and the main event, you should have put the, maybe the Grimes match or the women's title match just as kind of a little bit of a breather because you just had, like I said, the three sort of high impact, heavy hitting sort of big expectation matches, all three back to back. And by the time you got to the main event, especially it was it's like, how are they going to follow up this shit? Yeah, you really could have used a cooler. And, you know, it. it look, uh, like I said, I, I wasn't very invested. I'm not going to say this wasn't a, a, a good bout with all three of them. I'll, I'll put it together in a bout. How's that sound? Yeah. There you go. The, has that big fight feel, Smart? Huh? huh? Would, would Michael Cole love it? Would it have a big fight feel to it? Would, would he, you think? Yeah, yeah sure, of course. Big all fight right. feel. So to this bout... Um, it was good. Told a good story. I mean, they've been here's an, you know, Smarky went to storytelling with Cameron Grimes. This one's been telling a story too. They had a few hiccups in the story with pushing a few things too far, and just kind of some weird stuff like that hospital video, which was hilarious yet weird. Um, but again, I'm I, I was already exhausted after that i wasn't even in the arena and i was like god damn that match tired me out it was insane and then you go to this and you're kind of like this is supposed to be a really good match but from that match i just saw man just not the just just not the same just not the same I thought it was good. I, I like the idea that you had O'Reilly, or get O'Reilly win the first fall, then you had mm-hmm. like him almost immediately injure his ribs. So even though he was in a position of dominance, theoretically, because he already had the advantage, he was actually at a disadvantage for the rest of the match. That was kind of cool. They flipped it like that. Yeah, and that fucking, I mean, he it looked like he really did land rib first on that fucking chair. Anyway. Like hit the uh, the turnbuckle. The turnbuckle, sorry. Because he hit the turnbuckle, then hit the mat, and then he was... But but they did show the replay, and I kind of wish that they wouldn't have because it looks far less spontaneous when they show the replay. It, it did. It looked good, and then it looked then, then it didn't look so good. It's all about that fucking camera angle, bro. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, once again, the these fucking NXT shows always deliver no matter what. Like I said, it was just the placement of this match. Me, personally, just not really being invested in either guy. And that's got nothing to do with anything. Just because I personally didn't like the match doesn't mean it wasn't a good match. Put it that way. Yeah, I liked it. I think... Well, but I mean, you kind of, we kind of, I don't care about Kyle O'Reilly, honestly, to be fair. <laughs> and as evidenced by Friday, I already knew that you don't care about Kyle O'Reilly either, really. Mm. But then 
we kind of we we learned your feelings about Adam Cole too. So it's like I, I can't blame you for not really caring too much about this match when you're not invested in either of the people. For me, it was more interesting just based on the idea that you have all these rumors circulating as to what Adam Cole is going to do, if he's going to stay, if he's going to go. Even at one point, he used the lockjaw in the match. So it's like, is that you tipping your mm. hand there? Is that you know that's kind of interesting? Maybe you're just are you, are you tipping your hand, or, or are you just kind of working with it to kind of like tease people and be like, oh, you know, you think you can guess where I'm going, but not so much. There's, you know, what's going on with that. That's interesting. There's all kinds of other things. It's just the story, the story around it was kind of more interesting than the actual match itself. Yeah. Now, if he had come out to the class, should I stay or should I go? That would have been a fucking troll. Here you go. Should I stay or should I go now? <laughs> you know that song, right? I do. I do. That's right. If I go, there will be trouble. If I stay, there will be double. I have to admit, I'm not a fan, though. I do know this song. Of but... The Clash? And Well, that song in particular, there's just certain songs that just have been oh. played, overplayed for me. That it just, oh. I've heard them so many times. That don't, just... uh, don't like the little band of Jewish guys, do you, Smark? Oh, that's how we're going to play hmm? this. Don't like well, when they speak. When you stack this on top of my anti-Goldberg comments, you're really painting me into a corner here. Don't like when they speak the Hebrew? Huh? Yeah, well, you know. Well, yeah. I, I didn't know that they spoke the Hebrew. Do they, do they have what do they, they have Hebrew songs? Listen to Rock the Casbah, sir. Ah, that's what that is. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I just honestly, I never bother to look up the lyrics, but there's just a lot of parts in that song that are just unintelligible to me, and I, that's why. All right, good. Read the lyrics, actually. It's pretty, uh, and then look them up. Pretty cool, what they say. So, anyway, uh, let's just move on from those two, because the, 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 I, I'm not bitching about Adam Cole at all, or Kyle O'Reilly. It's just my personal opinion, and... um I just felt that that whole Undisputed Era was a bunch of plug-and-play guys to me. And, yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of people putting coal over, oh, my God, if he leaves, it's going to be a devastating blow to NXT. I, I think a more devastating blow to NXT would be if fucking Ciampa left. I see. I mean, that's the thing, though, is I think it's just a matter of, like, I feel like AEW could potentially use him better. Than WWE could, and I'm like, okay, it's not that they didn't use him well; they had him win the belt. And but the thing is, is that just he had been in NXT for a very long time, and there was no sort of indication that he was going to move up to the main roster. So after a while, you see the same people, the same person, and sort of the same feuds, the same matches, just over and over again. You know, in you know, just continuously going after the belt, and after a while, they sort of just kind of it loses its luster. I think. Yeah. So seeing him in a different environment and having more people to work with and more things that he can do, I feel like it would showcase his talent a little bit better. And, you know, yeah. he, he might he might get over a little bit better than he had in the past, I think. He may. Then again, I got a feeling he's going to stick where he's at right now. I don't know. He may, he may not. I um, really don't. I mean, it, it's hard. to. Nobody knows right now. But I, I kind of stick with the theory of just the whole Twitch thing of him not wanting to give up Twitch. And then I don't think that they're going to 
they're not going to keep they're not going to pay him more money to stay on NXT and I don't feel like they're going to want to deal with other people being ups- not that they really give a fuck they wipe their ass with what you think about them as a company or if you're upset the morale they care not a bit about it but I don't think that they want to invite that into their locker room mm. we have a bunch of other people that are there that aren't allowed to do Twitch anymore i.e. like Zelina Vega but you know, but then he's allowed to as an exception. So it's like, why does he get preferential treatment? Not, but every, not everybody, but big people in that company do get preferential treatment. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, but that, okay. So why does, I mean, why did Brock get to wear a Jimmy John shirt, you know, for all those years? And then CM Punk tries to get a fucking sponsor and they tell him, go fuck yourself. Right, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is, uh, uh, Brock yeah. definitely comes to mind, is that there's going to be people that get preferential treatment there. That, that there, in some instances, too, there's preferential treatment at AEW as well, but I just don't think that they're going to want to invite extra drama that that's going to bring. If they, you know, they bring him up, they let him keep his Twitch channel, but then they tell other people that you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, no, and I'm, I'm not agreeing with that mentality at all. I'm Kind of going, kind of going devil's advocate, obviously here, but um, no, nah, I don't know, man. And you're right; no one knows where he's going to go. But I guess you know, in time, we'll see. Either way, it's a nice little, nice little something to talk about. Nice little piece of uh, piece of conversation, Mark. Yeah, allegedly the contract is up Friday. They keep moving the bar, so who knows? Because before <laughs> it was after SummerSlam. Now they're saying in the Observer that it's Friday. They some reports, depending on who you ask, who you believe in, are saying that there hasn't even been a new contract offered. So who knows? And just kind of pick your pick your new site of choice and choose to believe or not believe what they say until it is proven otherwise. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Weaves in the chat. What's up, Weaves? And I saw Dirk in here. He'll come back in like ten minutes. He pops in and pops out. Pops in, pops out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. He's always in and out of our chat. That's right. He like he like he likes going in and out. It's it's his thing. Up and down and in and out, back and forth. Anyway, um, we had, <laughs> we had the last match here, the main event of the NXT Takeover, uh, which was Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. I kind of expected this match to be a little longer. I got to tell you, I mean, I really did. Although I think I, I did we both pick Joe to win this? Yes, I thought so. I, I thought yes. we did. I'm glad you remember Friday because I, obviously there were shots coming in, and I was drinking beer with those shots. I um, feel like I got about two right for SummerSlam because I kept I had no faith that they would book a somewhat intelligent show, and they <laughs> swerved me by making the right choice on a lot of things that were the obvious <laughs> and correct way. But they went, they ended up following that path, which is not what they normally do. I was a little bit surprised because I was watching it after the fact, mm. like after it had already aired. And when it got to main event time, like the belt, like there was about 15 minutes left. And I was like, this is going to be really fucking short. Like the, these guys aren't going to have any time. And then after the match was over, I was like, yeah, they had the exact right amount of time. Like yeah. it didn't go on. It didn't go on a second too long. It wasn't a second too short. Joe having been injured for about a year or so, they were saying, his first match back, they they didn't make him do too much, and they still had a good match. It was still like nice and violent, and, and you know, no stone was left unturned. I don't think. No, and I like that. You know, 
Joe would get a lot of offense in. Oh, not a lot. He would get a little bit of offense in, and, you know, Cross would just come back. And, you know, if, if Joe hit him twice, Cross would hit him five times. I really thought this was a good match between these two. And you're right, dude. Look, you're probably more right than I said. I, I did expect this match to be longer, but as you said, once the match was over, I'm like, yeah, this match didn't need any more time. Right. It really didn't need any more time. It was a fine match. Mojo did win, obviously, like we said. Um, I think it was kind of obvious. I mean, with Karrion Cross, what they were doing with him, they switched all the shit with him. They took they took Scarlet away from him. They Which, by the by, that was a real tease because there was some mm. reports that he was supposed to get her back for that match. And then they, you know, dimmed the lights. They did the black and white camera filter. They started playing the song. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, you know, things are back to normal. And then he came up by himself just looking sad. Well, let's stop taking news from podcasts. Nah. Just... <laughs> they have proven to not be reputable sources. Let me just put it that way. Um, but, yeah, I did. I, I thought it was pretty cool, though. So uh, we had Joe winning that right there. Um Let's see here, Smart. You wanted to, there was only a few things I wanted to get into about actual NXT. Do you want to just jump right into that? Well, let's do it. All right, we can do that. Then we'll touch on Raw, hit the news, and end on AEW. If we don't get to AEW, if it gets too late by any chance, we'll just get to it Friday. It's not a big deal. Right. So, um, let's see. They uh, did crown the winner. Of the breakout tournaments, Mark, Tuesday night. That's right. That's right. Carmelo Hayes saw a lot in this guy. Still see a lot in this guy. Obviously, they do, too. Um, I think he's got a big future. I think that was the right move. I think it was kind of going that way. So, and uh, that Odyssey Jones guy, man, he's going to be another another fucking big star for that company. Why? I was actually really surprised because I thought for sure it seemed like they were telegraphing it that he was going to be the one that won that match. So when Carmelo Hayes actually won it, like it didn't even register for a minute there because it was like, oh, yeah, all right, he got the roll up and a three count and he kicked out after three. Wait, no, he didn't. No, you can't kick out after three. What the fuck? He won? Really? <laughs> wow. How about that? Yeah. Like, I was really, I was genuinely surprised by just the fact that they actually gave it to Carmelo Hayes because it just, it seemed like you keep hearing all these reports about they want to get bigger, they want to get stronger. He's somebody that definitely fits that mold of this big, strong guy with kind of not a lot of prior wrestling, if any, experience because they talked about him being, uh, you know, college football guy. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the route that they went down getting him. He's a charismatic guy, mm -hmm. but he he needs to work on his promos. Like he has natural charisma, but actually doing the promos, because they were they did the interview with him because they were interviewed him. They interviewed Cameron Hay or Carmelo Hayes. I was confusing him with Cameron Grimes for some reason. Anyways, they but when they're talking to Odyssey Jones, like he he kept doing what he thought like a wrestler should do during a promo. Mm -hmm. There was a couple of times where he just kept laughing after what he said. He was like, "I'm going to show the world that I can win this tournament." And it's like, okay. Just dial it down a little bit. <laughs> or just keep doing it. Yeah, well, just, just nervous laughter after everything. He could be a good heel that way, I guess. <laughs> like when uh, Ricky Bobby won his first race and he didn't know what to do with his hands and he's just got to do it with my hands. Remember, did you ever see that movie? 
Talladega Nights. Be a cool gimmick, other than the fact that I don't trust that they would make him look like a complete moron. Is if you just have him like learn, he keeps looking in the wrong camera, so they have to show him which one the like right camera is, mm. and just have all these segments where like he will learns how to be an actual wrestler. That'd be interesting, I guess. Yeah, it could be, could be. So, uh, all right. So, the, I mean, I, again, obviously, I think that was a good move. I think this uh, Weeb says that. Uh, Carmelo Hayes is the illegitimate son of Michael Hayes. Oh, and don't Mendes? don't put maybe don't put that storyline past them. <laughs> Kurt Angle. They, I mean, they used Michael Hayes not too long ago. He was part of the October shows, the whole uh, Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis feud. Don't put that past them to do shit like that. Absolutely not. But um, there you go. So Cam uh, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, like I said, but first time I saw him, I I liked. I'm not sure who he was on the Indies or if he was an Impact or anything. But there you go, there you go. Right. Um, we do have a date, a wedding coming up for uh, NXT Smart. That's right. Yeah, we didn't talk about this last week, but I am so excited for this because it's. It, I don't know. It's usually it's formulaic as shit, but it's like I just enjoy the like kind of cheesiness and it, like it's sort of a timeless quality because it like started in the eighties. And it's still going, the wrestling wedding, where like mm-hmm. it kind of plays out the same way every time, but much like slasher movies, I'm still down to watch it. You know Gargano's coming out to, mm-hmm. to ruin this shit. Absolutely. 100%. This is going to get ruined by Gargano. Um, but, <laughs> He's so uh, fucking good. Index, I, just, I, I love that part. He's in Regal's office, and they have like a five-minute argument over the proper way to pronounce banana. Like, I could understand if you're in, just strictly into wrestling and you don't want any of the extra bullshit, how that could be annoying to you. But I, I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, Gargano is great, man. And this character, you know, this whole, as, uh, you know, Antox used to put it, the old Disney villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I know where Antox is. I know where <laughs> you have a very special set of skills. Has he been taken? Do we need to get him back? Nah. Solomonster, you son of a bitch, we're coming for you. That's exactly where he's at, actually. <laughs> he gets mentioned. <laughs> it's probably day. where Dirk is. We need to get Solomonster, give us our men back. Dirk yeah. listens to everybody. Dirk is like a little fucking podcast hua. He just fucking goes, he checks out this show, he comes back to our show, he goes over to fucking Don Tony, he's listening to Solo. He's listening to everybody. Because mm-hmm. both of them have shows tonight. Yes. Right now, he's an aficionado. I, I can dig it. Right now, so he's just you know a little podcast hua. <laughs> Anytime you say Don Tony, I will forever remember one very particular moment in which you remember what I'm quoting. But just twenty minutes of this guy being lit up was amazing. We didn't do it; it was somebody else. No, nope. they deserve all the credit in the world. But uh... it wasn't us. But uh, that was a fun after show that night. Mm-hmm. Um. I do remember that, actually. I know who you're talking about. Absolutely do. But uh, Gargano's fucking awesome, man. He really is. And uh, this whole little, you know, like I said, this Disney, I really wasn't into it when they whole started this whole The Way thing. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was ridiculous. The name was awful. But, man, did they really just fall into those fucking characters. And and I'm, I like the characters before. You know, the I actually like the whole, whole crazy camera shit they were doing back, back. you know, when they were kind of doing the whole little twist and then, oh, yeah, this is what I think. And it was, I, I like that shit. 
he is for what they need and what they want out of their people. He is extremely versatile. Oh yeah, because he can be he can do the comedy thing, he can do serious thing, he can get over as a face, he can get over as a heel, and his character in particular can lose. Oh yeah, like he can t- take a couple of losses and still not really hurt his reputation at all. So like he can do pretty much anything that they would want him to do, mm-hmm. which I feel like makes him just ridiculously invaluable to them. I would think so too, man. So hopefully he's, I mean, that's what you want to be. You want to be, you want to be, you know, indisposable when most people are disposable in this company. So that's what you want to be. But anyway, let's go ahead and roll on. The last thing I want to get into is uh, Legato Del Fantasma added uh, Electra Lopez to their little crew, which um, I don't think that's a bad thing. At all. I was really surprised because up until this point, I really enjoyed this show. And I really enjoyed this match. But it felt like they, like, for whatever, some, it's every once in a while, I'll watch a show and just feel like it was almost kind of booked for me. Because I was sitting there thinking that the sort of the whole kind of feud and story has been based on BFAB, the, the female member of Hit Row, kind of being the equalizer, sort of the the one that ends up swinging things in the favor for Hit Row. Because there's been a couple of segments where she's gotten physical with some of the Phantasma members. And the thing that was kind of frustrating about that, though, was just that it's sort of the Stephanie McMahon situation of, like, you know that they can't touch her, so you don't ever get to see her come up, get her comeuppance. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, I was thinking that they, but then I started kind of trying to calculate who, what kind of female that they could put with them. And she actually, believe it or not, she was the first person that came to my mind. Hmm. Because she was only on NXT once, I believe once, but she stuck out for various reasons. I, I don't, want, I don't <laughs> wish, I don't wish to explain, but she left an impression on me at the very least. Where did she so stick? Like, hey. Where did she stick out, Smart? <laughs> In all the right places. Absolutely, sir. You got it. So, so I was like, yeah, we haven't seen her in a while, and I'd like to see her uh, every day. But just, again, I guess it's <laughs> more appropriate. And then, lo and behold, I was like, yeah, they could put her with them. And then, lo and behold, out she comes, like, minutes later, with a fucking lead pipe. And, oh, my God, she waylaid her. Like, she, like if, she, if that was worked, she did it really well, because it sounded great, and she sold it great. It looked like it hurt. She was laying the pipe. Mm-hmm. She, was, she, was, she was laying the pipe in, man. That's what you do. You got to lay that pipe in there. Right? <laughs> I was a little bit surprised, though, which I, I don't want to completely gloss over that. It is very important to lay the pipe. Dirk wouldn't know. Dirk's back with us. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of surprised because it seemed like they're both kind of heels, I guess. But in this particular instance, I feel like the fans were supposed to be cheering for Hit Row. But for whatever reason, they were like the bad guys, like the fans, at least in NXT or the Capital Wrestling Center or whatever, were very much against them. Like Mm -hmm. even just throughout this feud and during the match. But like there was when Santos Escobar stole Swerve's teeth, they cheered him. When Swerve burned Escobar's mask, they booed Swerve. Even though he was like getting revenge for something that had happened to him, Mm -hmm. he was totally in the right, but they still booed him. So for whatever reason, the crowd was like definitely behind the Phantasma stables. So that was interesting. And I will just say, like, like I said, I were kind of trying to get through this quickly, but I would definitely recommend just that match was great. And I would recommend everybody checking out SmackDown because I feel like 
with the exception of that like boa match i guess there was no real bad moments like right. all the matches were good because he had Thatcher versus uh, Ridge Holland at the beginning. That was good. Like, everything, th- all the matches that they had were good. And there was not a lot of, like, unneeded bullshit. Like, everything that, like, happened needed to happen. Everything told the story. There was not a lot of fluff or filler. It was a really good show, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, man. I can't disagree with you one bit there. Now, you know, laying the pipe reminded me of something. There was this band that me and all my buddies used to... uh go see called collapsing lungs mm. they actually had a song called lay that pipe mm. pretty good shit pretty good shit there was like 30 of them that would jump around the fucking stage we used to go see them at the edge pretty cool shit man but yeah they actually had a song called lay that pipe and it was exa- about exactly what you would think it was very nice there it was so there you go just decided to think of that i mean i I could play it, but probably shouldn't. I mean, at this point, I need to remake our... Oh, here's something. I need to remake our interest, Mark. You know why? Why is that? Our formerly non-copyright, royalty-free song was bought by a company called CD Baby. Mm. You know what CD Baby does? I go out there and look for... Fucking those exact songs, and then what they do is they buy them for pretty much not much money at all, and then they just decide to go around and hit people with copyright strike until they stop using it. So, like lovely people. So now I need to go find another song and redo our intro, which uh, I'll get done in the next couple weeks here. But uh, I just noticed they were doing it on YouTube, so. I've disputed it like four times and now I can't find the song because it looks like they've taken it off and put it under their library. <laughs> so if we don't change our intro, we're fucked. One of us is just going to have to like scat sing an intro. It's our show. There I like it. That's it. it. bop boop 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 boop. All right. <laughs> I like it. Just, yeah, just like maybe me scatting or humming, just and then there's like five minute audio of you Ooh. just like bashing like Mike Johnson and Braun Strowman and just various other people that have wronged you in the past. Well, that's a different kind of scat right there. Um, ah. ah, you like that one? <laughs> by the by, the real quick, there's that guy, Scatman John. Uh-huh. Who did the scat? I'm the Scatman song, uh-huh. and he had a an album called Scatman World. <laughs> and I was listening to somebody review this. And he was like, "Do not type that into Google. Do not." Uh uh-uh. uh No, no, so yeah, d- d- definitely certain things, certain things you shouldn't uh, shouldn't type into Google. Man, I forgot we had we had audio for something. So what I'm going to do is just not even worry about it. Because it was way back, and I'm not going to go back and play it. How's that sound? So I'm going to get rid of that, get rid of that. Okay. Just want to try to trim down a few things here, Smart. Let's let's get in a raw real quick. Let me see where we're at here. I don't even know how much time we've had. Oh, we're only at 137. We're, we're, we're doing all right, Smart. Yeah. Because as usual, I don't have a ton to talk about on raw. Um, like I said, I didn't see a ton of the stuff. Unfortunately, I decided to go watch the Logan Paul appearance. 
<laughs> which is great because this is like one of the first instances of the fans not reacting in the way that they had hoped. Because for whatever reason, anytime you're a celebrity now, they just automatically, because they want you to work with them and be affiliated with them, you're automatically the face. So Logan Paul comes out, and he's supposed to be the face, and all the people are booing him. Just the whole him. time, the whole segment, they booed him. And, you know, you're right. WWE is so out of touch with reality that they don't understand who their fans are. Right. You know, the, the whole... They're, it's funny. They sit there and tell you to hate the Hollywood thing, basically, because it's taking the, these wrestlers from you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just listen to some of the promos. They're telling you, oh, you should, you know, all you do is go to Hollywood. You're not here living the life. You know, this is my home. They shit on Hollywood. And then they're like, hey, we got a Hollywood star. And you're like, well, you just, dude, you fuck those guys. They're taking wrestlers from us. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you, you, no, 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 you got to love him. No, 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 you got to love him. You got to love him. That's yeah. actually a really good point that I hadn't considered because it's just the idea of they want to be in bed with Hollywood so much and they want to be as socially relevant as they had hoped. They, you know, they push for that so hard that they want to be part of the pop culture society, whatever, however you want to look at it. But then at the same time, they tell you that these people are like terrible for leaving. So it's like, mm. yeah. Uh, they imagine that they contradict themselves, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Logan Paul fan. I actually think he's not a bad fighter. I'm not going to lie. I think he's needs. I'd like to see him in there against a few guys that I could name, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I keep forgetting Tyrone Wheatley, I believe is fighting one of them, but I forget which one it is. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I don't know if that does anything for you, but mm, not really. Not really. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see. I mean, like I said, there's, there's a few guys I like to see him go up against, but I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, let's not get into that. Um, I saw the, like I said, the Eva Marie thing. Uh, she attacked Dewdrop, which I'm wondering if now that they're kind of, I mean, they've been teasing this for a few weeks now, but are they gonna keep? Dewdrop as Dewdrop, they did trademark the name. Or are they going to let her go back to Piper? I mean, not that if I, I, I don't give a shit what they do. I mean, we all know who she is. We all know what, what she can do. So who gives a shit? But just wondering, what do you think, Smart? Uh, real quick, it was uh, the other Paul. It's Jake Paul that he's fighting. And it's actually uh, Tyrone, Wheat- or Tyrone, Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone Woodley. Not yeah, Tyrone yeah. Wheatley. Tyrone Wheatley is a uh, former football player. So there you go. That's interesting. This is um, why we're doing draft day, Smart, because you know these football things. That's right. There you go. Uh, ten seasons in the NFL. Um, oh. So anywho... To go back to what you're saying, it, it, it does seem like they're going to split them up. But then the whole thing is sort of weird because, like, she was mad from the very get-go that Eva Marie was calling her Dewdrop. But then now she's like, well, but I still want to be known as Dewdrop now. Like, I'm going to split from her, but it's my name now, and I kind of like it. It's like, well, what the fuck was the point then? Like, kind of maybe I missed things by not watching the – only watching the Hulu version. But, like, outside of just giving her this ridiculous name, I, I'm not seeing what Eva Marie has been doing to her that's been so bad. 
Because, like, for whatever reason, she's supposed to be the bad person. She's supposed to be mistreating her. But I don't think we really see it other than just maybe having her, like, wrestle in place of her. But, I mean, that's it. Like, there's no real instances of her, like, talking shit or being mean to her or anything like that. But she's just supposed to be the bad guy. I I, I don't get that. Oh, and by the by, real quick, that fucking match she had against Alexa at SummerSlam was god-awful. She has not improved at all, and I wonder why she's there. (laughs) Well, Eva Marie is both Bellas put together. Yes. I'm... They at least improve, though. Like, they... She she like looks like the least athletic person on that yeah, roster. Yeah, but then Brie came back and almost killed herself twice. So let's not go too let's 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 not go too far here, Smart. Well, I said improved. I didn't take it better. <laughs> I just Oh, now we're going with wordplay, are we, Smart? <laughs> well, from being god awful to just being like bad is it's an improvement (laughs) all right i get it i get it great Kali is kind of sort well i don't know if i want to make that comparison uh, i was going to compare him to giant gonzalez but giant gonzalez i think had a longer career so i think he's probably the better of the two i think he did el El gigante correct yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. elegante yes 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 um all right, let's. Uh, you know what? The, there wasn't really much. I mean, like I said, besides the whole Ms. Morrison thing, there's not really anything else besides uh, Karen Cross, which we're definitely going to get into. Um, Ms. and Morrison. I mean, again, we talked about this already, so we don't really need to get into it anymore. Um, so let's get into the Karrion Cross thing, Smart. Yes. Karrion Cross re would you say re-debuted in WWE or how do you I'm not even I'm not even sure how to put that. <laughs> well, <laughs> at one point when describing SmackDown, because you had not watched an episode of SmackDown a couple weeks ago, mm. and you threw to me to recap it, and I used the phrase phrase Edge is back still. Ah. I feel like Karrion Cross debuted still or debuted okay. again is a again. good way to put that I guess okay. he's back for the first time he is um he came out in a mask and um, <laughs> yes he did and suspenders and I, I I I got the whole Roman numeral the whole you know TikTok time you know blah 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 time is running with the X across it you know no time time is out I got that 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 wasn't my my problem. Uh, my, I'm, I'm not even gonna say I have a problem with this. Um, why does this remind me of Tensai? I heard it described as being kind of like the salt, uh, the Sultan. Like if you remember back in the day, Rikishi's mm. gimmick pre- prior to being Rikishi. I don't know why prior is so fucking hard today, but previous to being Rikishi, he was the Sultan. Right. And he had this like for whatever reason he had the Iron Sheik was his manager, and he had you know this sort of Middle Eastern type of costume and mask that he would wear, and kind of reminded me a little bit of that, or like kind of just a, a cheaply made like high school drama gladiator outfit. It was just, it, it was not good. No. No, I'm really not liking what I think the mask is ridiculous. 
um, let, let, let's call it unnecessary. First of right. all, uh, I'm not sure what they're doing here. I don't give it, I, I hear, I'll, I'll give it time, give it time. Okay. I'll give it time. And I mean, I know we didn't wrestle in it, but the outfit was awful. I'm sorry. It's just not good. He's in, he's in trunks and suspenders. Right. Yes, it I was mean, not a good look. I mean, it's just not a good look at all, Smark. It's bad. It's, I mean, I hate to say, but it's laughable. It really is. Um, I saw a lot of people comparing it to demolition. I, I didn't think so, man. I mean, this is like when tense, I, this reminds me of Tensai, and I don't understand why. I'm not, I, I got no reasoning behind it, but remember when, you know, Albert came out as Tensai mm-hmm. and then suddenly it flopped like a motherfucker. I'm yes. I... Well, he fucking, they had him go over Cena and he was spitting the mist mm-hmm. and it was just like, they actually, they wanted this character to be huge, but it just, it was went over like a fucking lead balloon. What exactly is this character smart? Can you help me? Can you, I mean, I look. I, I know he went in there. He was dominant against Ricochet, uh, Christopher Kane with the red velvet is hot. I can't deny that statement. Um, just thought I'd throw that out there because it popped up on my screen here. That is a fact, sir. That is a fact. She is hot. Um, I just don't know what they're going with here. What is this character? Am I, am I missing something? Do I not know something? Uh, am, 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 am I am I too old? Am I too am I too young? I don't know what I am here. I don't know what this is, Smart. I feel like we we've talked about the Renaissance Fair a lot on the show recently <laughs> for, for ungodly known reason. But I feel like it's somebody who works at the Renaissance Fair, but it's also into BDSM. Like, and that's just like this is the end result of that. I don't get it either. It just it doesn't make any sense. However. This actually gives me a little bonus aside. I didn't send this to you, but I, I will never miss an opportunity to quote my, my personal hero, one Andrew Zarian, who says, quote, spoke to a source, could be literally fucking anybody, regarding Karrion Cross's new ring gear. His response, everything and everyone must be marketable. Toys, shirts, imaging, and accessories. You need to stand out and sell, and this is how they sell. Which, I mean, like I said, could be literally fucking anybody, but that does seem like that's what's going on here. It's like... You know, Derek would be able to kind of appreciate this, and a lot of people, because a lot of people even in the chat room grew up on like sort of seventies, eighties cartoons. You know how they would just like introduce like arbitrary characters just for the sake of like selling extra toys. Like this is what this seems like, where it's like this. I, this look doesn't make any sense, but this look is like going to work as an action figure or something. Well, maybe. And you know what? I actually believe it or not, have the same picture of that here, and um, I forgot to send it to you. Mark. So look at that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have that. I see Mr. Zarian here um, who has suddenly found fame in the wrestling industry. Um, and I, I get it. I get everything must be marketable. I, I, I totally get that. So you're telling me every single wrestler you have, everyone, marketable you've got toys and shirts and imaging for every one of them so here's what i'm going to do 
I'm going to go look for my Ali shirt tomorrow and my Mansour shirt. Are they not marketable? They don't have the, the, the everything and everyone's mark. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they had a bunch of Mansour related gear. Um, and I'm not even saying that because I think he's a particularly good wrestler, but he is definitely being used to appeal to that market that they're trying to captivate or cultivate so much. I'm going to have to fucking, I'm going to have to see WWE shop.com. I'm going give me a minute here. I'm typing. There it goes. I'm going to type in man sore. I mean, there's plenty of actual the man shirts for sale right here. Uh, let me go to search Mansour, M-A-N-S-O-O-R, correct? I, bl- I believe so. It might only be one O, but try two first. O-O-R, Mansour. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it'll come up with either no, no. Uh, oh, look at that. There's one T-shirt for Markdown from $27.99 to $20.99. Okay, all right. So there you go. Um, where's his uh, toys? Or his accessories. I'm, I'm looking for those. Let's see where those are. Let's see. No toys. No. Oh, look. One item. That's it. Okay. Um, let's go with Ali. Does Ali have any out here? Let's go with Ali. Ali. Let's just type in Ali. Let's see. Does he have anything? Huh. Oh, he does too. Sure. Oh, the glove. He's got the replica glove. Ooh. And again, all his stuff. Markdown. Every single one of them. You can actually get an Ali t-shirt right now for $9.95. If you're a woman. Mm. Yep. Or, or just a very in shape man. Yeah. Or, or if, yeah, you could be that too. Um, I, I, see, now this is a fun game that I feel like you have inadvertently concocted. Okay. Where I will now scour their t-shirt section and find the most obscure wrestler that they're selling a t-shirt <laughs> for. I'm just saying, I mean, look, I, it, it's a great thing to say. It really this this almost sounds like something Nick Khan would put out in an email. If anyone mm-hmm. tells you to say this, this is what you need to say, which kind of is going to bring me a little bit to. Uh, well, you know what? We've talked about everything, Smart. So why don't we get to that? Give me a minute here. Let me pull this up. Um, yeah, you know what? I can skip the rest here. I got a couple things left for Raw, but I'm just going to go ahead and dump them no one no one gives a shit raw did score a great audience though of uh the back up in the twos 2.067 million we'll just throw that out there real fast but uh nick khan man i'll tell you this guy's fucking starting to get out there smart mm-hmm. really get himself out there now he did an interview with uh Ariel hawani yes it's a bit it, it's a, about a 23 23 minute interview in the interview, he, I can't believe the people that lost their mind over this statement. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, we've I mean, got one. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. We've got one. Which, there are multiple, multiple Drew Gulak t-shirts, which I hate to do it to the man because I like him. But the way that they have presented and marketed him and the fact that he hasn't been on TV for seemingly months – why would anybody want to buy a Drew Gulak t-shirt? There's also Bronson Reed t-shirts mm. that they're still selling. There's an Angel Garza t-shirt, which unless you're selling it to me, I question who's going to buy it because you don't use the man for anything. There's a DDP t-shirt, which oh. seems weird because obviously. 
But uh, yeah, there's all kinds of some honky tonk man merchandise. Humberto Carrillo, that's interesting. There's all kinds of uh, wrestlers that you wouldn't expect that have t-shirts. Well, if you really want Ooh, some deals, Kyle O'Reilly t-shirt box and an LA Knight t-shirt. Wow, I mean, oh, your your, your stocking is going to be stuffed this year, my friend. Well, I could use something to uh, start the fire in the burn barrel. Mark Henry t-shirt still. Whoa. They'll sell anybody's shit. They don't care if you chuck shit. Dude, they got a pair of Bray Wyatt Yowie Wowie Zubaz. Ooh. Are they on sale? Yes, from $34.99, which let me explain something here. Zubaz are 40 bucks. Come get your Mercedes Martinez merchandise. She's been fired for like a month now. I, I have a pair on now. These are 40 bucks a piece, these pants. Full 20... price for the Mercedes Martinez t shirt. Oh, no. Twenty six, twenty four. I am telling the wife to order these motherfuckers. I'm not lying, because um, mm-hmm. that's a great deal for Zubaz. Twenty six dollars, absolutely great fucking deal. Um, anyway, let's get out of this. Hey, absolute last one. There's a Noam Dar T-shirt. Oh Jesus, who for twenty seven? Exactly for twenty seven dollars. <laughs> who? I believe he's on NXT UK. He was used for some of those British tournaments that they did. But. I remember him. I do. I actually do. Um, anyway, Nick Khan, who, by the way, this is the first picture I've seen of him. Um, seen of him on Facebook. Uh, he looks like if Michael Buffer let himself go a lot. I'm sorry. One more time. Who is this guy? I'm sorry, Nick Khan, Bruce Buffer. I'm sorry, Bruce Buffer. Oh yes, okay, yeah, Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer let himself not not Michael Bruce. Um, now he did an interview with again Ariel Hawani, who mostly covers MMA, right? Um, and people lost their mind over this comment uh, in a recent interview with uh, Ariel Hawani of BT Sport. WWE President Nick Khan said that he feels Raw will benefit from an additional fourth hour and is currently working on adding. The fourth hour. First of all, I got to tell, that's not what he said. That is not what he said. So I do want to start with, the. this was the first article that I saw, and I saved this on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Okay, so two days ago. What he really said was, yeah, we would definitely benefit from a fourth hour of Raw Man, if I had my choice, I would make SmackDown eight hours. But that's not realistic. He, he, he was, it was pretty much in jest the way he said it. <laughs> See, you say that, but like, I, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I believe that. No. Like, I am too busy just being filled, filled with existential dread over the idea of like a four hour Raw or an eight hour SmackDown. <laughs> It's not gonna happen, man. They can't do it. First of all, I'm telling you now. If you saw a four hour raw, people, that fourth hour would be dormant of 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 ratings. I think they know it too. Eight hours SmackDown. Oh fuck that, dude. Dormant of fucking ratings. No, no. I'm just trying to figure out like that couldn't happen on Fox. Like, what fucking channel would that be on? It'd be like, what, like MTV3 that would be doing this? At that point, you're pay-per-view only. Mm-hmm. Or just use your uh, Peacock. Mm, yes, they'd, the go Peacock st- uh, they'd go straight to Peacock. Absolutely, man. 
Absolutely. That's exactly where they would go, which, by the way, SummerSlam had very good viewership on Peacock, according to uh, all the news things out there. Reportedly the most viewed and highest grossing in its history, they are saying, with this SummerSlam's mark. See, that's interesting, because I wonder what that metric actually is. Is it, like, compared to other shows on Peacock or compared to other events that they've had on Peacock? Uh, well, they're tying this into more. They're tying this into global viewership, gate receipts, indoor attendance, merchandise sales, sponsorships, and social engagement. Now, when they say in history, let's remember one thing. They're, everything's different now. They have a different way oh, yes. of marketing. They have a different way of doing everything. Um, so I mean, just inflation. Like, the fact that, oh. like, the tickets cost more now than they did, you know, during the first SummerSlam. You could be like, well, it sold eight times more. It's like, yeah, because it was more, it's more expensive now. It's not really a big deal. Very true. Everything is. But, I mean, this this was a big show. And I got to tell you, this was a big weekend for wrestling. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put this whole weekend on CM Punk, but I got to tell you, I think CM Punk got a lot of people fired up to watch some wrestling Friday night. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And again, I'm not sitting here going, CM Punk made this whole weekend great for every company. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I think he just got a lot of people fired up that maybe weren't ready to ro- watch wrestling or had already gotten burned out. My God, by then there was already enough and people were fucking dreading the weekend. Some people, but I think CM Punk might have got some people fired up and ready to fucking watch wrestling because that was an amazing thing Friday night, which I actually went back and watched because uh, we had the volume so low, we didn't really get to hear that pop for him. Right. Yeah, we were watching it as well. That was fucking amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. And you know, Smart, I I uh, sent you a little thing. Uh, did you watch that video earlier that I, that, that I posted? On a messenger? I have not yet. Sorry. It was a video of that night when CM Punk came out Friday night. And it was a video of the production. Now, I got to tell you something. There's many jobs I've done that are fucking stupid, ridiculous. I would never do them again. This job for this production guy is absolutely ridiculous. I have no clue how he does it. Even hold your fucking horses here, everybody. Because even Jim Cornette had to say how great that video was. Um, I'm trying to find it. Where was it? I sent it to you, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, here it is right here. Um, You need... and, And they... Uh, AEW put this out, and someone had tweeted it, and I guess they tagged Cornette. They did tag Cornette, and it said, "Unique look at a at a at AEW's TV coming out party, end up NBA arena full of fans, a real wrestling star, and great production. First time they've had all four at the same time. Listen to director Tim Walbert, veteran of WrestleManias, call this." This is why I love being in the the truck. It's an art. Even Cornette had to praise AEW once again. He literally said in regards to this that it wasn't what he would have done. It was better. And I read that and I was like, do we need to check on him? Does he have something? (laughs) 
Well, I mean, look, I'll be honest. It's a seven-minute video. But I'm going to play you a little bit of the beginning. I'll play like two and a half, maybe three minutes of it. Um, it, it really is amazing. And I'll also post it. I'll get the link and post it in the chat here. Because this is something, if you haven't seen this whole video, watch it. It'll give you a new respect for, you know, when Warrior was coming out and talking about the guys in the back, this is what the Warrior Award should be about. This makes you think about that, what these guys really do. Without the guys in the truck, there would be no show. There would be no show. There would be nothing. And this video and just the audio will make you understand what's going on. Uh, the audio is the gentleman that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Walbert or whatever he said. And uh, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and rock it. Here we go. Oh, here we go. What's up? You're going to see some shit tonight. Put X on the line. Track an X. Here we go. Stand by to roll X. First pyro is five. Daniel, you happy? Okay. Five to six. Once I clear you, JT, you set for your push to the, to the announcers. Right before nine, eight, AEW went on air. Seven, six, it's a bit unprofessional five, when he's furiously four, masturbating while he's doing three, this. <laughs> two, oh, wait. One, Rolex. Boom. AEW's on air. Stand by your effect to five. Stand by to hit your pyro. And here we go. And effect. Hit your pyro. Go. Ready six. Take six. Go. Ready seven with bot one. And take seven. Hit bot one. Go. Read it. Undercut eight. Undercut eight. No signs, Mark. Not yet. Ready to undercut four. Undercut four. Big wide. Ready to undercut five. Undercut five. One more, Brent. Start Telling him which in. cameras to hit seven. here. Undercut seven. Ready to undercut two. Undercut two. Light him up. Ready to off six. Ready to off six. He already did. Ready to off six clean. Ready eight. Take eight under. Ready to off six clean. On camera. And he's off six clean. Go to him. Big wide again, Brett. Super wide. No ring. No ring. So actually, no, you can give me a little ring. Add file one. Read it. Ready to lose the font. Lose the font. Ready to dissolve seven. And dissolve seven. All right, you know what? We'll pause it there, and then we'll play a little more for you. How's that? Now, yes, he's breathing hard, Smark. <laughs> he is. But listen to what, I mean, this guy just literally, he's telling everyone which pyro to hit, which camera to hit, which this to hit. And that's just the intro. Dude, this, right. think about this. We're 206 in, and that's the intro. Yes. That's the intro. That's it. I am genuinely curious if that is indeed how the sauce is made, and that's a kind of universal thing. 
what it has to be like with fucking Kevin Dunn in there. As many mm. cuts as they make. Because I just, I can't even imagine what that would have to be like. It fucking seems like it'd be an exorcism of him just screaming numbers. Four, five, six, 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 five, 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 four, three, 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 four, three, 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 four, two, four, two, four, two, just over and over again. Well, I'm sure it's even more annoying when his teeth hit the microphone. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You do a lot of microphones set. What do you say there, Bucky Beaver? <laughs> Just stress eating a microphone during a show. <laughs> All right, let's let's play a little more because obviously you just have to hit him with a broom <laughs> to get him to stop knocking on the fucking microphone. All right, let's play more. Obviously, punk is coming out now, so let's go ahead and rock a little more of this. Listen to that shit. Listen to that shit. I think that's enough. All those dissolves are when you're watching and the camera switches. So, <laughs> so you're right, Smart. WWE and their crazy camera switching. Imagine how much, how many just numbers flying out of the air. <coughs> Excuse me, that hit isn't going down good. Um, numbers flying out of the air from Kevin Dunn because their camera angles are ridiculously, the switches are crazy. Right. But man, does this really, I mean, this gives us a different look at what that camera truck is like, man. But, and obviously like, you know, Cornette said this guy has dealt with a few WrestleMania, so he knows what he's doing. And man, I, I talk about a job I wouldn't want in my life. This one, you're responsible for everything. One thing fucks up. Guess who they're coming to? Sure. And again, like I said, you know, when Warrior said all the guys in the back, the production guys, this and that, this should give you a little, a, a little, you know, peek back there and uh, a little bit of respect. For what Warrior was saying about these guys. No, oh, just all of it. Like, you know, there's so many extra people that we don't see or necessarily think about. You know, they have people that design all the attires. You have the people that do the makeup. You have the, all the trainers and medical staff and just all these people that do all these jobs you don't necessarily always think about. It, there's a lot that goes into shit like this. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely crazy. But it, it, it was just really cool to, you know, I was watching that video today at work when I actually I was watching it at lunch. Um, but I I was just like, my God, this guy is. And I'm sitting there the same thing. I'm like, yeah, my God, this guy's breathing in the mic. And I'm like, my God, I'd be fucking damn near dying in the mic at this point. Absolutely fucking dying in the mic. But I mean, God damn, what a fucking, what a hard job. But uh, 
that I feel like after a while, if you do it for enough times or long enough, you eventually kind of get the hang of it to a certain degree of like knowing exactly what you want at what point and just being able to kind of easily. Because I mean, it, it, it's, uh, I can't kind of imagine it's going to be a very stressful job, but he mm. was kind of hitting it with such ease. You know, like you said, he's been there before he's done that. Yeah. And I'll, you know, you watch an AEW show and man. It comes off great on television, but you just don't realize how much goes into, I mean, just that fucking intro. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Just that intro. You heard what he was saying. And then, you know, CM Punk comes out and, you know, dissolve this, dissolve that, dissolve that. And that's all the camera switching right there going on. Unbelievable. I, I, I just thought it was a great video. I wasn't sure if we were going to mention it tonight. Probably didn't have time to do it. But um, that rampage with CM Punk, though saw a big viewership increase 1.129 million viewers for their uh rampage show for that one right there um i think i think that's a great fucking number the uh, the week before drew 740 i i think it's a great number so mm-hmm. I, I mean nothing you can do about nothing you can bitch about as far as i'm concerned right there um but uh, the one person, if you guys remember CM Punk's uh, thing we played on Friday night, the one person who didn't care for that, I believe, was um, Booker T. Hmm. He didn't dig it? No, he did not, Smart. No, he did not at all. Um, Booker T said, CM Punk is back, man. And I got a chance to witness the return of CM Punk. I really did, Booker said. I don't know. You guys out there that are big AEW fans, you guys agree to disagree with me. But me, I'm always telling it like it is. Y'all know that. And I'm going to tell it like it is on this one right here as well. I want all the listeners, I need you guys to challenge me on this one. I'm begging you to challenge me on what I'm talking about. CM Punk came back and he had 10 full television minutes to go out there and make his point as far as CM Punk being back. He had the perfect crowd to go out there and really, I'm talking about have a party up in the United Center. But CM Punk came back and took his moment and chose to talk about WWE. That right there was a total miss as far as I'm concerned. He struck out. I can only imagine if The Rock had the same 21,000 in Miami, Florida. The Rock would have talked about every landmark in Miami and that everybody in uh, that everybody in Miami frequented. He would have had those fans going crazy with excitement. But CM Punk chose to talk about WWE and that 9 minutes went back so slow when it could have been a party going on in the United Center. So, he's telling us to agree to disagree. I'm just going to straight out disagree. Right. This this is a guy who's been very outspoken about WWE. So outspoken that him and his, you know, good buddy at the time, Colt Cabana, got sued over a podcast. Mm-hmm. That's how outspoken he was about WWE. Booker. I don't know if you remember that. So, yeah. These fans were expecting him to talk about that. They were expecting I'll tell you the truth. The fact that he only mentioned WWE very quickly and, and, and actually didn't say the name WWE, did he? He never did, did he? No. No. 
So he never did. He referenced them. He also referenced ROH, and he referenced other companies. I, the, sometimes Booker T just has a fucking stick up his ass, it seems, or he wakes up on the wrong fucking side of the bed and just has to shit on someone. Absolutely don't think that, that's, that that was the case. I really feel that these fans expected him to say something about WWE. CM Punk is, well, not anymore. He got rid of that term tonight, the voice of the voiceless. And that was exactly what he was that night. Right. They expected it. Good. I'm sorry. I mean, even to even to that point, like you said, he didn't even really mention them by name. He just said that he couldn't come back for, for them, basically. He didn't say their name, but he said that he couldn't come back until he got everything by himself right, you know, until he was mentally, physically, emotionally recovered and he couldn't do that anywhere else. He couldn't, you know, could, he couldn't do that there, but he mm-hmm. didn't even say WWE. He just couldn't do that under, you know, the current circumstances that he was given. Basically he couldn't come back to WWE long story short. And then he said, you know, the whole, he mentioned ring of honor by name, but he said after he left ring of honor, that's when he stopped wrestling. That was when he, you know, his wrestling career ended basically implying that he went to go be a sports entertainer, I guess. But even so, the references to WWE were very short, very limited. It wasn't like he went on this whole big tirade about how they didn't love him and he was going to show them wrong. He's going to rub their nose in it. He was just like, hey, I wasn't happy there and I couldn't come back to there because I was going to be unhappy. So now I'm here where things might be different. Right. Yeah, it was. And, you know, he reiterated most of that in the promo tonight, basically saying how this company, you know, isn't holding him back and they got people back there that'll listen to what he says and I thought tonight was another fucking great night for him and another ridiculous pop for him. Um, I, Punk is just going to be such a fucking draw for that company. Tony Khan must be just, I mean, he must just go to sleep with a fucking smile on his face every night, man. Just absolutely doing great right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely doing fucking great. Um, I mean, Punk also set records for the highest selling design in pro wrestling tees history, the guy, uh, the guy's going out there and doing all kinds of shit right now, and uh, this is huge for him, especially. Right. I don't think Punk expected this kind of I don't know, maybe fanfare is the right word for it. I don't think he expected this because I don't know. It just. Doesn't seem like he did, but man, I'll tell you, everyone is so happy to see him back, see what he can still do, see if he can go out there. And the promo tonight was even better because it made you think, yeah, you're older. Can you still do it? Right. We want to see that. Can you still do it? Once again, man, All Out, I think, is going to be a record. They're going to make history with their buys at All Out. I 100% believe that. And I guess kind of to go back to the Booker T thing, it's like he didn't really offer much of what he would have done in that scenario. Because mm. it's like, what what do you talk about when you've been gone for seven years and you're coming back, but you're coming back to an entirely different company? So, like, you you know, you don't have a feud going necessarily. I mean, even in that time during that promo, he did set up, the, you know, the match with Darby Allen. So even that, he kind of fulfilled his obligations from the wrestling aspect of it. But it's like, what, what do you do? How do you do that? Because after a while, like if he, if he, like he said, he could have had a party. Like if he just keeps going with, you know, well, now I'm back and I was gone, but now I'm back and I'm, but I'm back still. Like after a while, they'd be like, okay, 
do you have anything else to say? Like, are you going to get to a point here if you just keep milking the fact that I'm back? It's like after a while, it's going to be a law of diminishing returns, I think. But I think even, like you were saying, even this, this week kind of stood out a little bit more even than last week or last Friday, because mm-hmm. you expect the fact that they're in Chicago, you expect the fact that he's going to get a pop, or he's going to get a big pop. And that was one of the bigger pops that, like, ever. But the fact that they were in, they were in Wisconsin, they were in Milwaukee, and he is somebody who is very proudly a Chicagoan and is very much into the whole Chicago sports scene, the fact that they were still just very much in his favor and chanting his name almost as loud as you know, they were in his hometown is equally impressive. But they also said he does have some ties to Milwaukee. If you saw when he was out there and he was on the ropes and suddenly he looked down and saw some guys front row and he said, holy shit, those were all the guys from his uh, training camp for MMA. Right. Yeah. They did say that in commentary that he trained there for MMA. Right. Exactly. So he does have some ties there. And I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm not saying that he's not going to get a pop if he was in fucking Alabama. You know, he would still get a fucking pop. It wouldn't matter where he was. So, but man, it's just, it's really amazing to have CM Punk back. And, uh, I, I just, it's just amazing what he's doing right now. And I'm, it, and I'll tell you what, they're all all being really nice to the uh, that guy that was crying. Um, yes. Even, well, before we get to him real quick, though, uh-huh. I don't know if we plan to talk about this or not, but even kind of added a little bit of extra foreshadowing to a potential return. Mm. Another mm-hmm. return, because there was some yes chance, and he said, well, you know, that's not my stick, but you might you just got to wait a little while longer. Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. Yep, that was... That was part of my notes for AEW. So, which I wonder, like, how it's got to feel to sort of to. I, I know he's not a, really an ego guy. He's a very modest person, based on all accounts. But if you're Brian Danielson, it's like this is a big deal that you're going to be there too. Oh. Like, not only are you like a really good wrestler, not only are you really over, but you're also he can benefit them in the fact that we've talked about before. He was getting in on the creative side of it before he left with WWE. And mm-hmm. like the, the ideas that were attributed to him, we both put him over as being really good ideas. So it seems like he has a good head on his shoulder for just the creative side of that too, which they could benefit from. But like, it's a big deal that he's going there, but it like kind of became kind of put on the back burner. And I guess now that the punk thing has happened, it's going to be more people are going to be locked in on that. But just the idea that he kind of the rumors were coming out at the same time that they're both going to come, but like everybody was talking about Punk and everybody was wondering if Punk was coming. But then like the Daniel Bryanson thing was just sort of like almost a guarantee. Mm-hmm. It was like I wonder how it's got to feel for him where it's like you know I'm fucking important too, guys. Come on. Yeah, don't worry. He'll be the next one talked about when he shows up. Man, that crowd will go fucking ape shit for him too. Oh, I'm sure. I got no doubt about that. No doubt about that at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really, uh, smart. You've got a couple of stories. I'm sorry we didn't jump into yours, but I kind of try to tie all mine into what we were talking about. Um, hit one. (laughs) I feel like this one is the most appropriate since we're talking about Uh. contracts and potentially alleged rumors. Like, I kind of feel bad for this guy (laughs) because, mind you, right now we're talking about so many different people are at play right now because we're talking about Punk just debuted. They're teasing the Daniel Bryan, their Brian Danielson thing. 
and then I don't know what I did there. The Adam Cole thing, Bray Wyatt's being rumored to come there soon too. <laughs> so, mind you, that there's a, a kind of an unfortunate time for other contracts to be coming up. But it says uh, here, Fightful, WWE offered Pete Dunne a new contract. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> During SummerSlam weekend in Las Vegas, Fightful was informed that WWE had indeed offered Pete Dunne a contract extension recently. The length of the offered extension has not been confirmed and varied based on who we spoke to. Great reporting there. But the offer was confirmed by an anonymous WWE rep. I, and, like, it is interesting, but I just I kind of feel bad for him because, like... Nobody gives a shit right now. I mean, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, just, you know, we were talking about before or just certain other people, you know, the, everybody that got fired from NXT a couple weeks ago. Like, there's so many names being out there. It's just right now is a hard time to have, you know, find your footing or whatever. But I feel a little bit bad for him because there's just so many big name people right now. And he's like, you know, I um, my name's also out there. I, I could also be going to AEW. And he's like, yeah, nobody gives a shit, though. Yeah, and really, I really could couldn't couldn't give two shits about Pete Dunne either way. Um, and he's the only person who I feel like should take the contract. Because, like, I, I mean, I wonder, like, is he really going to be treated that much better in AAW versus or anywhere else, New Japan, Impact, wherever you want to, than well, what he's getting right now? I mean, because he's like, they seem to really like him. Like, I mean, he's not a bad wrestler. He's a good wrestler, but I mean, promo's not so great, but he's a talented wrestler. But it just seems like I don't think he can get that much more for himself than what he's already getting. Yeah, and you got to remember, you can say he can work here, he can work there, but you also got to remember he's not from here, and he would need to get a visa to do so. Yeah, this is very true. So maybe he wants to go back and work NXT UK. Perhaps. We don't know what's Well, going I just on. mean in general, like, staying with WWE, regardless of what that looks like. Right, which, you know, NXT UK would still be with WWE, and hell, I, I would love if they switch him with Walter. That'd be a great little trade there. Goddamn, call the embassy and see if we can get these guys' visas <laughs> switched out. Smart, who do you know in the embassy? Uh, Prince Nana, oh. Jimmy Rave. I don't think there was right. a there was a Ring of Honor stable called the Embassy. Yeah, I remember. It's, that's, it's a deep uh, cut, but that's no, I I, I do remember. I, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Um, yeah. All right, let me work on that. Uh, all right, let's um, let's go ahead and move on real quick. Quick aside, real quick. Christopher Kane says I'd be impressed if AEW signs Velveteen Dream. No, I, I don't see that happening either. But I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Is like I feel like somebody has to pull that trigger. Like who's it gonna be? Because like I understand not wanting to sign him because of the controversy. It is what it is. Regardless if you if you think he did it, if he didn't do it, whatever. It's still a controversy. He's still a polarizing figure, regardless of if he's innocent or not. But at the same time, dude's still very young. Dude's still very talented. So like okay. maybe somewhere like Mexico or Japan or somewhere like somebody would be getting a good deal for this man. Uh, absolutely, I agree. He's very talented. He's very good, you know. At he got a lot of charisma. He's very good on the microphone. But here's the thing: this guy couldn't go and post a fucking post on Twitter without being called a pedophile. So he also got booked on a show 
the guy literally got harassed by people on Twitter calling this guy a pedophile while you're hiring him. Don't do that. So he canceled it. Anywhere this guy goes, the Twitter assholes are going to jump all over it. It doesn't matter. The only way you're going to be able to book this guy is to shut your fucking mouth and not fucking advertise it, which is no yeah. good, which is no good for your show. Yeah, I guess there's a point there. Do you think, though, just real quick, this is the last little thing, I guess we'll talk about it in regards to that. Do you think that at some point that would die down, though? Because like, I know it's two different charges in a sense, but like the only thing I can really compare it to is like when Louis C.K. came back to doing comedy. Like the first couple shows, people were up in arms about it. Like, how dare this guy fucking pop his head out again? Like, we're done with him. We exiled him. But then after a while, he just kept doing shows, and now it's it's not a thing anymore. This is different. Wrestling fans are fucking horrible. They're not going to stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. They're, they're, not it's wrong. not going to stop. Uh, really, that's just the way it goes. People love to go to comedy shows, and you know, people they, and they actually those people have a sense of humor. People that go to wrestling shows don't, and yeah, it's just not going to be no. I don't think they're going to quit. I think anywhere he goes, they're going to just literally beat the hell out of the person on Twitter until they either say, fuck it, I'll take the heat. And then there's going to be a boycott. So you're really, do you talk about a catch 22? You're fucked either way. Yeah. And again, if you bring them in and don't advertise them and just bring them in as a surprise, well, and that's not good for your company either. He's a, like you said, he would be a good guy. He's a very, very talented guy and all that shit we just said. But no. No. So you think he's just done? I would say for a few, uh, I mean, look, you give it maybe two, three years, possibly they'll let it, they'll let it die, but I don't know. I mean, Jesus Christ, bro. You got fucking people being canceled for 12, 15, 20 year old or 12, you know, 12, 15 year old tweets. Mm-hmm. I might have just over aged Twitter there, but whatever. Um, anyway. Shit, I got on there at like 2007 or so. So it's been out for a minute. No, right. It was probably out about 2006, 2005, somewhere around there. So yeah. you're not too far off if you are wrong. Yeah, I'm just, just saying. Throwing shit out there. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I I do feel bad for the guy. but and, and I don't think he did what they said, which is even worse. I think he's innocent of it. Right. Well, I think even just besides that, even if you, you know, regard, like I said, regardless of whether you think he's innocent or not, there is really no concrete proof being put out there that he was guilty or that he was innocent. So the people that think he's innocent are going to keep thinking he's innocent. People that think he's guilty are going to keep, like you said, following this <laughs> to the ends of the earth and complaining <laughs> about it and calling him a pedophile. So, uh, so evidence. Oh, right. that's hilarious. Twitter doesn't need evidence, dude. They need an oh, accusation. No, they need an accusation. That's all they need. That's all they need is an accusation. And that's all it takes. And that's all it took. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, Smart. You got a couple more there? Well, let <laughs> uh, me throw this one out here real quick. This is not really too much to spend a lot of time on, but uh, GCW put this out here from mm-hmm. one hometown return to another. 
announced for their September 2nd show in Detroit. This is important. Rhino. Rhino is going to be making his GCW debut. All right. This is pretty cool. They're going to have there's a bunch of matches that they already announced. Nick Gage, Gregory Iron, Alex Colon, Ricky Shane Page. Mm-hmm. This is a couple of show matches that they got set up here. It, it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool show. They've, they've been doing a lot of shows recently. Yeah, I haven't seen any, but uh, Nick Gage, Gregory Iron. Greg Iron could go uh, be a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Alex Colon, uh, Alex Colon, Ricky Shane Page will be good. That will be good. I will say, but this, as a real quick aside, I watched the one they did a show in Vegas Friday night. It was ten thirty, so it's like they kind of bad day to do a show, bad time to do a show compared to everything else that was going on. Mm. But real quick, um, we had talked about Matt Cardona was their champion. Now he came out, he opened the show, he came out wearing the belt, and he had on black a black shirt, black jeans, and a black bandana. He had a black do-rag on. <laughs> a la Vince McMahon in ECW. Uh, and it was the most amazing. He even had the fingerless gloves. Like, it uh, was the most amazing troll job. I was just, it was great. It was wonderful. That guy is such a, oh, excuse me, an old school fan. It's fucking awesome, man. He The, the, the little references he does. And there was a picture out today of Chelsea Green with a GCW belt on. God, I geez. saw, I saw this photo. Jeez. I will go ahead and post that in the mix later. It's very sort of attitude era reminiscent, I think. I, jeez. Anyway, um, it's that last little news story, Smart, and I'm debating on whether to take a very quick pee break or not after that. Okay, so from a lighthearted news story to a less lighthearted news story, mm. um, long story short here, Pat McAfee, or McAfee, however you want to call him. I think I'm starting to do it your way now. <laughs> Pat, Pat McAfee. Anyways, he tested positive for COVID. He put this out on his Twitter. I'm going to assume that his Twitter is a reliable source for information regarding him. Um, quote, fully vaxxed, very positive. It's miserable, but thankful that my wife and the boys at the office all took tests and they're all negative. This is obviously a sign from the universe, probably telling me that I stink and to stay home for a while. See us. Yeah. Um, definitely go out there and get vaccinated. Well, I guess that, that there's another part of that, but it does well, suck, though. Anyway, he's, the, he's a good fucking commentator. It really is. But the good thing is... He's in shape. He's healthy. He's been vaccinated, which means he will will he'll be fine. But he can still spread the disease, right. um, the virus, whatever you want to. Yeah, call he was it. doing a show today, and I guess then there's a post on his Twitter that he posted a photo of the thermometer. But he was saying that he kept going back and forth between like 102 and 104. Oh. So he ended up, he kept calling into his show, but of course he, he couldn't do his show. So he was, he was guest host, but he was saying, he kept calling in basically saying that his temperature just kept going back and forth between 102, 104. And then he just understandably so felt like shit. But mm. so hopefully things get better for him just in general, because he's just a person and you don't want to see people who aren't total pieces of shit die. So just hopefully as in that, as far as that goes, I hope he gets better. But then also the fact that he is a really good commentator, he's going to be sorely missed. Yeah. But like I said, he's, uh, he'll probably take a couple weeks off, but he's in good shape. He takes care of himself. He eats right. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, he's going to be like drew come back in two weeks. I've got no doubt about that. 
the 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 guys that are taking care of themselves are definitely not uh, dying smart. So we should be all right. Positive thoughts, smart. There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah, I see in this picture you have temperatures one hundred four point five. Wow. All right. Um, so yeah, he'll be back. I, I, I'm not worried. I am optimistic. Glass is half full on this one. There you go. I just want to know who the fuck took a drink out of my glass. Mm, talk about that. It was full when I left it. That's all I know. Well, I saw a white liquid and I didn't realize that it was water. Had I known, I would have not gotten into it. Maybe now I should go take a pee real quick. Um, yeah, let's do that real fast. Real and in the fast. meantime, if you're in the Mixler chat, I went ahead and posted that Chelsea Green photo, so you can go ahead and enjoy that. Good job. Good job. I'm talking like this will be like three minutes at the most. I'm going to go right over there. I'm going to pee. I'm going to come right back. Smart, are you going to pee too? Sure. We'll do it together. Well, ooh. They're called powder our noses. I mean, not together succinctly. There will be no crossing of swords or streams, but. No, that could be bad, obviously. <laughs> uh, all right. So give us just a. Uh, couple of minutes here be right back and uh here we go in the meantime we will play a little bit of let's see what can we play what can we play play? oh a little bit of valvenus here you go enjoy the crazy man we'll see y'all in a few minutes all right see that was quick Extremely quick. There we go. All right, everybody. Appreciate everybody. Let me do that. What can I say? I sweat all day. I drink a lot of water. I drink liquid IV during the day so I can keep double hydrated. Mm. And I'm now drinking seltzer water. So I had to go. Had to go. Do you drink the liquid? Do you do the liquid IVs when you haven't been drinking? Uh huh. Mm, interesting. At at my job, yeah, dude. It's fucking hot as hell here in Texas, and it's humid as. Fuck right now here for some reason you can't be out there for five minutes without breaking sweat right yeah i mean that's that's what happens mm, ridiculous so hopefully there's not much longer of that shit but uh it's horrible right now so yeah man i i do i do drink drink uh one of those without being hung over just to keep hydrated during the day man because Sometimes I don't forget to drink water, but if you get too busy, you just can't drink water, especially the giant goddamn cup my wife got me. She's got to stay in my office. But uh, all right, let's real quick, Smart. We already talk a decent amount about uh, AEW anyway. So let's just get into the quick little dynamite, kind of touch on a few things here. Um Started out with the Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. I think this was the funnest match of the night, dude. I had fun watching this match, man. Just them going back and forth with the delete, the little tap kicks that Orange Cassidy does. Orange Cassidy stealing the money. I, I just, I thought it was a great little, a fun little match to watch. Right, I agree with that. I particularly I like the fact that after the match, Orange Cassidy had won, and Bryce Remsburg gives him his sunglasses. Yeah, he just puts the sunglasses on him. 
And instead of in lieu of raising his hand, he just puts sunglasses back on. Yeah, well, you have to do that. No, I mean Hardy was busted the fuck open, but yeah, Cassidy did win here. Um, definitely. Yeah, I saw that. Did you did you see what happened? Because I all I saw was the blood. I didn't see what ended up getting them. All I saw was the blood, and it looked like it was from his nose. Yeah, it seemed like it. It did not look like it was coming from his forehead, but it looked like it eventually moved up to there. But it looked like it was coming out of his nose. I don't know if Cassidy accidentally hit him with a kick. It didn't look like he bladed to me. Yeah. Nah, it seemed gonna, legit. Yeah, you're not going to blade your nose. I would hope not. Um, but yeah, definitely a, 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 a really fun little beginning match to watch, I thought. I was thoroughly enjoying watching that match. Uh, Jericho came out, talked about his future. I think we all knew this was coming. After he lost that last match, uh, Jericho says he has to beat MJF. Otherwise, he's just going to keep attacking MJF. He doesn't give a shit, he said, Smart. We got, right. a lot of, we got a lot of shits on this show. We did. It was a lot of shit on this show, man. It really was. Um, he says he wants one more match. If he can't beat MJF, maybe he doesn't deserve to be in AEW anymore. He'll just sit out there and commentate basically what he said. Never wrestle in an AEW again. There's a key word there. Never wrestle in AEW again. So MJF comes out. I love the shirt. It said MJF3, Jerablo Zero. <laughs> Great shirt. You know that's for sale. Definitely for sale. Um, and he accepts and he warns Jericho, hey, I've uh, beaten you three times already, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like I said, I think we expected this to go where it was going, but again, they put this fucking, they put these stipulations on these matches and it's not worth it. It's not what we need to be doing. I just, it's, it's, it's not worth, I, I, why would, why would Jericho just commentate? Explain. Who? I mean, him? he's getting older. He's got other interests. It's just, He's probably been through a lot of shit. I mean, I could see it happening. Mm. Plus, I mean, the thing is, is like at least so far with AEW, they've lived up to their spec their stipulations. I understand, like most companies, you know, they put out stipulations. It's like, oh, loser leaves town, and then they're back like two weeks or you know a couple months later or whatever. Mm. But so far, they've actually held firm with some of their stipulations. Like we haven't seen Cody challenge for the world title yet. So some of their stipulations, like they actually keep to their word at least so far anyway yeah i just don't see it happening right now i just don't i see jericho winning this match which would make sense jericho needs to win at least one it's just amazing that jericho would need comeuppance on i don't know would you let mjf just ah, well I, see that's a whole different question because i also think he's going to win but the idea of does he need to should they do another match should they just ended it where it is uh, that's a good question in and of itself. I guess the fact that got me questioning is a good is a good thing. So, right. um, let's see. We had the the varsity blondes was a you know with Julia Hart versus the Lucha Brothers. I, I like that match. I like Penta with the Joker colors and face paint on. That was pretty cool. I guess that's his like big match gear now because he wore that at the Battle Royal. He oh, wore that at Triple yeah. Mania, and oh. now he's wearing it in a tournament. So like all the big matches. Yeah, well, I guess this was a a big match. I mean, the um, hey, the Young Bucks came out, so it had to be a big match. 
Well, it's a title um, tournament eliminator, so if they win on Friday, they get yeah. a title shot at the pay-per-view, so that's something, I guess. Well, and the Lucha Brothers did win, but I got to tell Pillman Jr. is just such a fucking throwback. I like watching that guy so much, man. Not that it's anything new, but I just continue to enjoy Pentagon's insistence of he's got to do his taunt come hell or high water. Oh, yeah. Because, like, he tried to do it once, and then, like, Pillman shoved him, so he, like, did it again, and then Pillman, like, hit him, but then Pentagon got him down, so that he, while he was down, he did it in his face while right. he was laying prone. I just love it. I just love how it's like, that's his thing, and he just has to do it no matter what. He will just keep... He's fucking, like, a robot. He's programmed to do it. Absolutely. So, like, no matter what, the next time he gets on offense, even if you, like, cheap shot him, he will do the fucking taunt. Yes, he will. 100%. There was a clip from Dark, I think, of yesterday, where he threw his glove to Alex, and Alex dropped it. So he made Alex throw him the glove again, and he caught it, and then he threw it back to him, and Alex actually caught it this time. <laughs> so, like, he was just going to keep doing it until the guy caught the fucking glove. It just it makes me laugh how he just refuses to let there be a botch. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, Julia Hart, that little cheerleader outfit, just... Yep, you got to be careful. Makes... You still haven't heard from Max Caster. You will get, you'll get canceled for this. Just... She's, she's really pretty. She's a very pretty girl. Let's just let's just leave it at that. She is very very pretty. Um, Which, by the by, I want to talk about this because I don't think we talked about it last week. And I actually think that he should come. Max Caster should come back with this guy because it'll be fucking heat just to the tenth degree. Mm. But this Dan Lambert, mm. these promos have been fucking incredible. Dude, Dan Lambert kills it every time he's out there. And tonight was even better. I love the fact that he was just basically making fun of AEW's millennial fan base. He even, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, this, this slide popped me because he was saying the normal, like, BuzzFeed type words. Uh-huh. And I mean, he does a great job with the promos, but he was talking about, you know, he, like, he named drop TikTok and all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he even made fun of the crying CM Punk fan because he said that he was like, how sensitive society is nowadays that people cry over wrestlers doing their job. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is fucking incredible. This guy is a heat seeking missile. I loved it. I loved everything about what he was doing tonight, man, and what he's been doing. They, man, I'm telling you, man, right now, this is the show to be watching as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we need to get through this pretty fucking quick here. We're at, oh, my God, what are we at? Oh, God. We're coming up on it. There's not that much more to talk about. No, there's really Because, honestly, the show dipped, like, towards after the middle portion, I would say. It really kind of did. I mean, we've we already talked about the CM Punk thing, so we're not going to even mention that again. Um, Jamie Hader, ah, I, that was kind of just, that really was just a clusterfuck to be honest with you. That whole Jamie Hader with, um, red uh, versus red velvet. Um, that it was just kind of a clusterfuck. We don't really need to get into that. It wasn't a bad match. You know, Chris Statlander came down and saved, uh, red velvet when everybody attacked her. But anyway, um, Alex Reynolds basically left the dark order tonight. Mm. Which um, I don't know if they're breaking up Dark Order or just breaking a couple of guys away and moving more in. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're going to start doing those rec- recruiting promos again. Who knows? Right. Yeah, I mean, they need kind of something because them as a yeah. group have sort of just been a compliment to Adam Page, but they haven't had a lot going on of their own. Yeah, with Page gone at this point, it's like, what the fuck? I don't even know what right. to do at this point. Um, this 
I got to tell you, this was kind of a weird match for me. This Kingston, Moxley, and Darby Allen versus the Wingmen. Um, you gotta, Moxley's already going for that dad bod. He's like, fuck it. I got a kid. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to love it, man. Um, Darby did end up winning the match. Daniel Garcia ran in to attack Darby. Uh, of course, you know, Sting and the whole crew ran him off. But, uh, you know, I, just to, you know, you got Kingston, Moxley, Darby Allen, three powerful players for AEW against who the fuck were these guys? I mean, I know one yeah. of them was Ziggler's brother. Yeah, I mean, he's sort of the he's the biggest fan on that team too, honestly. Yeah, and 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 who, who the fuck uh, else? JD Drake, or actually, I, I what I believe is uh, Roadkill from ECW. Now ah. he's working with them because mm. you you had mentioned suspenders before. He was wrestling in a shirt and suspenders, doing the full on Roadkill look. Okay. I was like, this is not a good look for wrestling. Ah, forgot about that. Forgot about him. Forgot about him. But uh, I don't know. Man. It was just. Very odd, odd placement, odd match. Odd they seem running. to be more interested now, or not more interested, but they seem to be getting sort of a new interest in doing trios. Because yeah. I guess they're, they're, they might be doing like a trios belt soon, too. And I noticed that somebody had posted online CM Punk's like roster graphic, and they have singles match record, tag team match record, and trios record. Mm. So it seems like they're going to be emphasizing trios matches more now. No. I guess we'll see. And it seems like they have been doing that for a while. And they've been teasing that they're going to do the trios titles. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, this Kenny Omega with, you know, came out with Callis and Cutler and Nakazawa. Out to talk to Tony Schiavone. And the Christian comes out. I, I, it was just a bunch of shit talk with a brawl. Kazarian came out to save Christian. Really, anything else I'm missing there? No. Okay. I, big I, signing there, huh? Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, they finally made right by having actual big signings, but I mean, he's just so underwhelming. I know, I know. We got Moxley. He's announcing his match with uh, Satoshi Kojima. Kojima, thank you, Smart. Um, so you know, it's kind of cool they're doing this and mixing up these, uh, you know, New Japan guys with these guys. I'm liking all this stuff right here. But, it's going to uh, be an alright match, but as somebody who like follows New Japan, it's kind of an underwhelming game because he's sort of just one of those older guys that kind of just works with young guys now, mm-hmm. which is what happens in Japan when you reach a certain age. You just wrestle a lot of matches with like lower card guys or young Lions guys, and that's kind of where he's at right now. And uh, Yuji Nagata also kind of in the same yeah. boat. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of rumors over who he was going to face and who he actually did end up facing by comparison, kind of eh, but it'll probably still be a good match. Real quick, another one that's interesting, I don't know what he did to trigger this feud, but for whatever reason, and I'm excited for it because I think they're going to have a good feud and they're going to have some good matches, there's been a lot of talk of uh, Miro versus Kingston. Yeah, well, Miro did a promo tonight on Kingston, so I definitely oh. would love to see some of that shit right there. That, they called him out last week, and now he did a full promo about him. But I don't, I don't. They didn't really say unless they're going to tell us later on. But like, what happened to lead to Miro just wanting to kill him for no apparent reason? I'm sure we'll find out. I'm sure we will. So, anyway, we had the Gun Club, 
Paul White on commentary because he's going up against QT Marshall. I thought it was hilarious tonight. QT Marshall does this like kip up and the crowd, I, I swear to God, I heard a guy drop his nachos in row six. <laughs> I heard the nachos fall in row six when he did it. Yeah, I honestly, I was watching this match and I was just like looking at everybody and I was like, do they really need anybody that's in the ring right now? <laughs> no, not really. Like, I understand if this was like early on where they just needed some bodies, but it's like you, your roster is fucking huge and you're bringing in more and more big name talent. Mm. Like, I wouldn't really be all that sad if you axed all six of these guys. Like, maybe if you kept Billy Gunn on for something, like just as a trainer or whatever. But yeah, other than that. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 this was a waste of a fucking match. I mean, you know, QT points it. Paul White, he gets rolled up, loses the match. Who gives a fuck at this point? I honestly can't believe that the fucking in 2021, that Big Show versus fucking QT Marshall is going to be on a pay-per-view. I don't want to believe it, and luckily I won't be home that night. I'll be at my uh, my parents' house for a little, what is it, Labor Day? Is that what it is? little uh, Labor Day thing, so I'll be there. Um, main event, and the last thing we're talking about, and that's it, we're out of here. Brock Anderson versus Malachi Black. This was a quick match, so we shouldn't even spend much time on it with Malachi winning. Um, after the match, basically, Arn goes in, tries to help out his son. Black goes out, he grabs this chair. Arn, Arn tries to protect his son and gets a black mask. Both Andersons are just laid the fuck out in the ring as we go off the air, really. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, someone did come out after that, didn't they? Yeah, uh, Shadi Lee. Yes, no, Lee Johnson. Yeah, that's his nickname. Right, Lee, Lee Johnson, Johnson Lee, same thing. came out, and um, I don't know about you, but I, I got a laugh out of that. Well, yeah, at first I, I didn't know who it was because I couldn't identify the theme music, and then he came out, and I was like, all right. But what made me laugh... First off, what makes me laugh is how does Arn Anderson's son look older than Arn Anderson? I don't understand that part of it. But also, Arn said a swear. Because we were talking about mm-hmm. they use the S word a lot. Arn told Black to put down your fucking chair. Which made me laugh because he was like, just old. I just laughed. He was like, all right, like, won't you fight me like a real man? I'll kick your fucking ass, boy. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Another thing that made me laugh is I don't blame him because dude is... You know, he's not a wrestler anymore, so you don't want to be too rough with him. But, like, he clearly, like, kicked him in the chest. Like, he aimed mm. as low and as far away from his head as humanly possible. And then Jim Ross happened to be like, he almost took his head off. Like, how <laughs> so? He kicked him square in the chest. That's nah, Jim Ross. Stop it. Oh, no, I'm not going to shit on Jim Ross. I, I said that he had to sell it, but it just made me nah. laugh because he had to do what he had to do. I'm all for salty Jim Ross. I, I, I love the man. Oh, yeah. I will continue to love the man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, man. I think that's all we got for tonight. I'll tell you what, guys. We've been through five shows and a uh, bunch of news. I got to tell I'm too fucking tired to do Fucking plugs tonight, man. I gotta tell you the truth, Mark. It bees that way sometimes. It's like it's a beginning. Yeah, we did. We got them done at the beginning. Um, but as usual, I do want to thank everybody who showed up tonight in the chat. One hundred percent appreciated. Of course, anyone who's gonna download this show, you, oh, excuse me, are greatly appreciated. Also, I've been drinking seltzer water here. Um, greatly appreciated. Thank you very much, Smart. 
Thank you very much. And don't forget, Smart. Our last Friday show is coming up this Friday. Be doing mm-hmm. Hollywood Hangout after that. Me and you coming back to do Draft Day. And uh, like I said, I've got a few shows already lined up. I'll talk about our next show or, well, the next show I'm planning on doing um, on uh, after September 3rd. I'll talk about it that night and um, make a few more announcements on that night. Not for new shows, but for uh, the Hollywood Hangout. I got a little idea of a few things to do. So, all right, there you go. And on that note, Smart, I will talk to you Friday night, my man. And everybody else, enjoy back Friday night as usual. See you. Adios. Yeah. Yeah.